Coming up next, it's Natalie Cutler-Welsh with her show, Up Your Brave. Community, connections, holistic health, and more on RCR. Reality Check Radio. People are struggling to have conversations and connect with others that they don't completely agree with on every topic. And I think that's probably the biggest problem that we need to try and solve is how after all this division and after all the separation, do we end up bringing people together again? And what does unity really look like? New Zealand faces some pretty big issues. First one is COVID in the aftermath. There's no getting away from that. Second is racial division. It's been ginned up and it's dangerous. Another issue that maybe people haven't got their head around yet is digital currency. What form does that take? Is it programmable? Will it be used to manipulate behaviour and patterns of behaviour? Those questions need to be asked and answered. How can you have fair, open, democratic government by people who are appointed? It's a ridiculous idea. And if that idea is taken to its zenith, then this country is in real trouble because democracy, one person, one vote, where every vote is of equal value, has got to be the foundation of a modern New Zealand. What's true, what's not true, how our kids are to be educated. And, you know, I have a great fear for the future. I think we know from history where this could end up. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. It's October the 6th. And you're listening to the Up Your Brave show here on Reality Check Radio. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm your host, Natalie Kettler-Welsh, where it's all about inspiration, motivation, holistic health, and all the things. And today, all the things we're talking about, we're going to go from politics to holistic health to self-love and everything in between. I'm so excited to tell you about my guests. But first, I wanted to say Congratulations, and thank you so much for downloading the Reality Check Radio app. We've had over 10,000 people now, well, 10,000 downloads of the free app. So if you haven't got it already, go ahead and grab it. It is making your life easier, apparently, for people to find things, to share them, to search for things. Go and have a look. But of course, you can still be listening on our website, realitycheck.radio as well. Either way, it's an absolute honor to have you here listening and being part of this fascinating journey of life that we are all are all collectively navigating at the moment. Let me share with you now. These are my guests today coming up. We've got Steve Oliver from uh, New Zealand Loyal Candidate. We're going to dive into all things personal and politics, including his ongoing court battle after staying open with his gym during the mandates and his policies and perspectives um, on all things with New Zealand Loyal, the stance on key issues, including climate change, co-governance, gender ideology, and more, as well as the 1% tax. After that, I'm going to be talking to Bridget Clare, a naturopath, medical herbalist, nutritionist, health coach, and Rongoa practitioner, all about reconnecting with nature for holistic well-being. And then we're going to wrap up the show with Joanne Webb, a guest that we had on six months ago when I did my very first show. She was my very first guest. She's back again today to talk about self-love, and she's actually a self-love warrior and mentor, international speaker and author, and she's talking about living from conscious self-love for more happiness and abundance. 
So how exciting is that? Uh, Before we get into that, first, I'm going to share with you some of the messages that we get from you, our lovely listeners. And as always, you can send us a message on text 2057 or email reality uh, inbox at realitycheck.radio. All right, let's go to the messages. We've got one here. Hi, Natalie. Happy birthday. This is for last week. Love the happy, happy birthday song you just played, sang along, and happily thought of my mom, whose birthday it would have been today, too. Oh, sending you love. She died in 2018, and I was very privileged to look after her in our home for her last years. Love your show. Have a great day. Oh, thank you so much for writing in, sending you love for your mom. We have another one here. Uh, hello, loving the show. I'm a manifester, one three, but I'm not certain precisely what that means because I haven't downloaded the full chart. It sounds like it's worth the money. I You actually can do it for free. You can get a free chart. Um, I have completed all the personality tests, so perhaps design will be worth it. Honestly, you know, I, I'm really into all those personality tests. I find them quite fascinating, but human design was just next level for me. Um, That was my side note. She also says, I think I already know the answer to that. LOL. Thank you. Love your show. Thank you for writing in. We don't always get people's names on these messages, but thank you so much for writing in. Um, Somebody else here is responding to my interview last week with Tanya Unkovich, who I interviewed from New Zealand first. This person says, what about the 1% transaction tax? What about reinstating the death penalty for treason? What about bringing the Reserve Bank back under public ownership? What about abolishing commercial courts and reinstating common law courts? How can Winston have been in politics for so long and not be compromised? These are all great questions, and it's such a good time to do one's own homework and ask those critical questions because, of course, we have one week um, until voting day. Well, pretty much. Some people will have voted early, but coming up to that that pivotal day on the 14th. Um, I've got another message here from somebody. Unleashing my wild. This is in reference to my interview with Charmaine Marinkovich on Unleashing Your Wild and aligning with your life. Unleashing my wild means being my authentic self and trusting my intuition, which has been my driver since childhood. That was from Penny. Thank you so much, Penny, for sharing that with us. And another one here. Someone just says, and we know climate change is a hoax. Well, there you go. We've all got our own perspective. I actually kind of share your perspective. Um, But again, so important to look at what is critical to you, what is relevant to you. We're going to be diving into that in my first political interview coming up in a moment. Another few messages. Hi, Natalie. With respect, I wish people would stop distorting truth with, quote unquote, your truth, my, quote unquote, my truth. It's the truth, the truth, and it's not, it's the truth or it's not. It's an opinion or what one believes regards Susan. P.S. I love RCR. Thank you, Susan. And yes, I think it's great to question the questions and always, you know, we don't just take everything as it is. I love it. Somebody else here. Good evening. We just listened to your Up Your Brave and really enjoyed it. Thank you, Natalie. A very interesting interview with Tanya Unkovich. Big hugs from Deanna. I'm actually going to be doing a little flashback later on in the show. For those of you that missed my interview with Tanya, you can go and check out the replay on the replays page. You just go realitycheck.radio slash replays and you can find it there or on the app. Someone else here. Thank you, Abigail, for writing in. 
Abigail says, I really appreciate RCR and the refreshing and informative interviews mostly. However, I did not enjoy listening to the Unleashing Your Wild interview with Natalie Cutler-Welsh. I felt like it contained really poor and misleading advice and risked making people much unhappier if they followed the advice. Fair enough if some people enjoyed listening to it, but I don't feel it deserves the category of unmissable content. The following interview with from Sorry, the following interview from Natalie with Tanya from NZ First was much better, in my opinion. Cheers, Abigail. Thank you, Abigail, for taking the time to write in. And I'm totally aware not everyone's going to love every single interview that I do, um, that I, every single guest that I choose and the message that they share. Some people are going to like some more than others, and that's totally fine. But thank you for sending that message in. So today we've got a bit of a bit of a lovely mix of interviews. I just want to remind people we do have something coming up, which is going to be an election uh, online election party where you can tap in. You can join myself and Paul. I think Rodney's going to be popping in. We're going to be going over and seeing uh, talking to Peter Williams, who's going to be zooming in from France, and Cam Slater, our political host, who's going to be um, zooming in from up north. And so you can join us as well. It's the election party event. You can grab your ticket on the realitycheck.radio page. But of course, it's free if you're a foundation member. So you do not need to grab a ticket if that's you. Um, go ahead and check it out on realitycheck.radio. For some of you, I'll see you at that, which is on the 14th of October. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on the Up Your Brave show on Reality Check Radio. And my next interview is we're getting political, which is exciting. I'm going to be talking to Steve Oliver. He is father of eight, former elite weightlifter, current gym owner, and candidate for New Zealand Loyal standing in New Lynn. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, uh, thanks for your time. It's great to connect with you. And for those listeners who haven't heard of Steve before, Steve, I'm going to hand over to you because you've had a massive three, most of us have, you've had a massive three years, you've had a lot going on. If mm. you can give us a little bit of a window into you, a little bit of backstory, how did you get to this point of standing in the election mm. here in New Zealand? Um, and how have the last three years been for you overall? Yeah, I mean, uh, I moved, you know, I was, I was traveling for you know majority of my life, 20 years, I was out of the country. Uh, just training, fighting, lifting, and uh, you know, my father died young, so then I started traveling. I came back home about fifteen years ago and continued. Uh, he was uh, he was running gyms, so I just continued on in his um, legacy, really, just trying to keep the gyms open and provide a, a family environment for the community, and at the same time, being able to provide a platform for young men to young men and women to achieve their dreams and 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 uh you know better themselves so uh that was a focus for me with the whole time I was overseas traveling and I came back and that's what we've done we've got a you know world class facility out west auckland and we hit up around 20 gyms throughout the country and uh we focus mainly on martial arts and wrestling and and jiu jitsu which is a you know it's it's a real fun program for the kids right through to adults so um that's what I've been doing. I've just been trying to, you know, con you know, just really give back to the community over the last ten years, and um, and then COVID hit, you know, and uh, and I couldn't, uh, you know, it was just a real clash. 
um, conflict for me personally was to, you know, have this uh, these these vaccines, you know, forced on us for starters, and then we weren't able to access our friends, our family, or even train eventually. So, um, you know, I mean, what they were saying on TV and what was happening in reality was uh, very disconnected. You know, everyone was dying on the six o'clock news. And then in reality, no one, it was a mild flu. So we decided to stay open. I didn't take the vaccine. And um, uh, there was a lot of pushback. We got a lot of yeah, we ended up getting fined, I think, $60,000 in the end. And, um, but I just, you know, it was the choice of shutting our doors to kids that were, that had been, you know, cut and, and pushed out of society, out of their networks and everything for not taking this this product. And they were on hard times. They were depressed. They were, you know, past depressed. Some kids were very very stressed so um our, our, you know we were getting it from the parents just saying well, this is our last bastion you know this is our last port of call we don't know what we're going to do if you close the doors to our kids so uh, we decided to stay open and uh face the consequences so that's where we've been over the last three years we're still waiting i mean they just drag us out it's uh you know it's um appearance after appearance and every appearance costs us you know two to three thousand dollars so they're just trying to drag it out and you know uh drown us financially like that but we're still waiting on a three-day trial around um yeah around the fines and well, it was a very a bold decision, like a bold stance that you took. But I think for me, that really reflects somebody who's who stands in their power and stands up for what they believe in, which um, many people did and many people didn't over mm -hmm. the last three years. Um, so I guess, you know, I'd like I'd like to say congratulations for standing your ground. But I know it's something that, like you said, is dragging out and it's mm -hmm. draining. I guess it's draining your mm -hmm. finances, um, possibly energy as well. Have you seen yeah. the the kids that were able the kids and, and the and the people that were able to keep going to the gym? Um, have you yeah. seen the benefit that that has had on their lives? hundred uh, percent. I mean, we lost a few people. It did shake the tree pretty hard, personally. You know, within my personal network and and through the gym, we lost a few key people. But to be honest, we it uh, it's worked out to be in our benefit. You know, ten times, tenfold. You know, the the good people that we met. I was actually disappointed when they uh, opened back up because we were the only gym open for, you know, four or five months there, and we 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 had the best business we'd ever had, you know. So we we got a lot of good people through the door, and they've stayed loyal to us. And you know, we aren't the closest gym to them. A lot of a lot of our clients they travel, but they it's just a real tight community, and they know that we've got their back and they've got ours. So it's uh, yeah, we're blessed, really. Yeah, I mean, there is that loyalty piece and lovely segue. We'll, we're going to come to your party in a moment. But um, I find, yeah, a lot of the freedom community, we really want to support those cafes, those restaurants, those businesses like yours that did or were able to, you know, make things as welcoming as possible for everybody and or actively oppose the mandates. So that's amazing that people have stuck with you, which is so great. Mm. Um, let's talk about it. Cause you, you used to be a fighter, like literally a fighter, you know, for 30 yeah. years, I think you told me, yeah. and now you're in a different ring, right. In yeah. terms of the candidacy, how is it going for you? I know that you, obviously you stood 
um, last election with a with a different party, the advanced yeah. party. So you've done it before. How is it going for you at the moment with another, what is it, a week to go, basically? Yeah. Well, it's just been a real process. I mean, uh, you know, when I was lifting, I wasn't, you know, I was quite arrogant when I was young, I'll be honest. I was in high-level sports, you know, do have that element to it. You need to believe in yourself and and uh, back yourself. But, uh, you know, the lifting, I didn't get humbled at all. So when I was lifting, I lifted up professionally up until I was 23, and then I moved over to fighting at 23 and uh, moved overseas into some of the biggest clubs. And it was just a process of, you know, a lot of, and a lot of, boy, you know, young men have got ag- aggression issues and they want to be the, the baddest guy on the block and all that. But then when they come to a gym, they find out pretty quickly that they're not. So there's a real humbling process around it. And if you're not disciplined, if you don't learn how to how to keep turning up to training, if you don't learn how to eat, you know, if you don't, you know, uh, have, be disciplined enough not to go out with the boys on Fridays nights. If you so, it's a real process around discipline and. Um, you know that in the end, I see so many kids that start off wayward that start, uh, you know, into the martial arts, and in the end, they become really great leaders and, and productive parts of society. So it's just a beautiful process uh, that we, you know, we try and put out to the community. But for me, you know, just uh, apart from that, you know, I just believe that we're here, you know, as a, as a man, I believe my role is to protect the family. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's an honor to, to be able to be placed in that role. You know, the, the, you know, the guys on the Titanic, they didn't want to be the last ones on the, on the Titanic, helping young women and, and, and kids into the boats. They would have been wanting to be on a, a, you know, nice, warm boat getting out of there. But, that's the role of a man, and that's I I believe firmly that's our role as men in the family and and if you can in the community, you know. So um, that's where we're at at the moment. I just believe that I have a opportunity, and I just want to, you know, do the best I can, and that's you know, trying to represent my community in this next election. Yeah, and do you feel like Kiwis need um, protection? Hundred percent. I think we we we're being uh, we've you know, and and the thing is, the awareness is not there. I think the biggest hurdle we have is to really open people's eyes and realize that we're being played. You know, we're being played on a grand scale. You know, this tax system is just a system of slavery. I mean, you know, by the time we all said and done, we're up pushing seventy percent. You know, on on our weekly wage is going back in some form to the government and. I mean, back in the Egyptian days, the you know, slaves, they'd work hard 100%, but at the end of the day, they got free food and free accommodation. I don't know who's worse off because we work like slaves, then we go home and we're stressed out, dying early of cancer, trying to make sure that we have a roof over our head and the kids are fed. So, you know, they've done a, a, an amazing job on us and, to, and for us to accept it and believe that, that we, don't, we deserve nothing better is, is, is sad quite honestly. So a big hurdle is just waking people up to realize that we deserve better. And it, and it is possible, you know, it is possible to to have a community that uh, is not segregated, to have a community that's not enslaved to debt, you know. But uh, it's just the way the system's been structured to put us here, you know. So... 
Yeah. And I mean, I agree with you. And I feel like, you know, the election is not the be all end all. It is the next upcoming event. And I suppose the next upcoming opportunity or one of many opportunities to shape how we do want to live life in New Zealand and beyond. Um, what are you, what would you love to see? And tell us a little bit about NZ Loyal's policies for those people that aren't familiar. Yeah, I mean, I, I just believe the guys at the top, you know, bureaucrats and and uh, politicians, they're never going to be happy. They're never going to have enough money. They, they, they want it all. They, they're never going to be rich enough. They're never going to be famous enough, you know, and they've just got this insatiable hunger for more. I'll tell you what I want. I just want to be left alone. You know, I just want to be able to go and have a life with my kids and not being harassed, you know, uh, going to dinner and, and feeling safe going out in public, you know, you know, not being, uh, you know, divided against my neighbour 24-7, you know. Just basic stuff. I believe that, um, you know, that's what NZ Law stands for is just basic family values, you know. I think... That one percent tax is a big one, you know, and everyone, everyone boohoo's it. Says, "Oh, you won't survive on one percent tax," but it's you know, Liz has got an amazing team behind her and uh, uh, a lot of sharp people involved, and and that's been designed internationally. I know there's a party in Australia flying the same. I think it might be two percent in Australia, but they've done the numbers and, and overall we spend like $350 billion in ter- you know, just in transactions a day. I mean, if you just take 1% of that, that's uh, $3.5 billion a day. You know, Right. Just so for those people that haven't heard that concept, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my impression. You can correct me. So is it that yeah. New Zealand Loyal is suggesting that um, 1% of every transaction goes towards the government and we get to keep the rest. So we end up getting yes. taxed less? Yes, a lot less. Oh, 100%. I mean, basically, you know, if you want, if you don't want to, if you want to save money and you don't want to spend, you want to, you know, you can, you can basically pay no tax, but every, on every transaction, if, you know, you're going to pay 1%. And it's doable. I mean, the Dubai, Dubai, the baseline of Dubai functions. There's a lot of back end, uh, you know, legislation and stuff. But the baseline is that. But they work on a five percent, five percent on every transaction. Everyone knows that you go to to Dubai to make money. Businesses don't pay tax. You can actually get ahead. Yeah, you can actually get ahead. You know, and 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 this is what we want for our country. I mean, all that money goes back into small business. You know, small business can start making money, be profitable, giving back to the community. I mean, and, and, and the thing is that who pays the, the you know, 1% if everyone's not not spending, who's paying it? Well, the, who, who makes all the transactions? It's the banks make hundreds of thousands of transactions a day. So in the end, the banks are the ones that are actually paying the debt for uh, the tax bill for the country. And, 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 and we need to get these, you know, big entities giving back because at the moment, what, $8 billion, you know, they're, they're, they're registering massive profits, record profits right now when it's $100 for a, for a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, watermelon is pricey, that's for sure. So I th- two things that come to mind that people might have questions about with the 1%. Number one would be like, is 1% enough? And the other one would be, what about cash? Yeah, I mean, you know, one percent. I mean, it, it, they worked it out, and because we've had Zoom calls, I'm not a, a, a you know a, a um, scientist on this, but 
they've done, worked it out. One percent, you know, on that that amount of transactions over the day, that works out to be tw the, twice the amount of tax that we're taking in at the moment. You know, because the why? Because most of these big corporations don't pay tax. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's still what about doable. so in terms of my question about cash? That's really yeah. around. If if we're going to do the one percent tax thing, the like obviously that would rely, I imagine, on a digital transaction. So that digital reliance and how does how does cash factor in on that? Yeah, I mean, cash is is yeah. I had to be honest, I haven't heard that one popped up. It's it's and like I said, I haven't got all the answers, but that'd be an interesting one. But I mean, you know, most of the big transactions are you know, I mean, you can't get that amount of cash these days, you know. But I'm I'm firmly against digitalizing everybody's and scrutinizing everybody's every transaction you know what i mean i think that's a massive uh infringement on our on our freedoms is uh, a digital uh angle you know what i mean so yeah to be honest I, you got me on that one i'll have to i'll have to go back and see what the cash but uh, uh, you know to be honest you can't get a, high, a, a large amount of cash out at the banks these days, it's impossible. So Yeah, like, so in concept, I love it. In concept, I love it. I'm just thinking about in, ter in terms of implementation, how would yeah. that happen? Like, even if I'm at the dairy and I'm buying milk, right? It's yeah. like, I would have to use a, like an FPOS to do a digital transaction so the 1% gets automatically mm. deducted. Otherwise, yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure. It's something to think yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. I, you know, like I said, I'm not a, 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 a scientist on this, but that's a good one, and I'll go back with that for sure. So in terms of you mentioned how, you know, you, you wanted you wanted them to just leave us alone and to not yeah. scrutinize, you know, all of our accounts and all the things. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's getting scrutinized a lot in New Zealand is, um, you know, met, um, CO2, carbon emissions and all the whole climate mm. change thing. Where does New Zealand loyal sit on climate change? Well, I think, you know, to be honest, we're not a fan of the whole carbon emissions, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Um, carbon uh credits the whole thing you know we just a big policy of uh loyal is to get away from the un to get away from all this because it's just an over these guys are overreaching and these guys are unelected bureaucrats coming through and implementing policy in our country where they have no they have no uh connection to our country these guys are sitting over in where is it geneva or wherever and they're telling us how to run and a lot of a lot of these policies are coming from the UN, you know, all this carbon credits, all this, you know, uh, global warming uh, thing. You know, like they were. I was watching a, um, I was just watching a little uh, debate the other day, and they were saying, you know, you guys, you know, the Greens were there, and they were pumping that the, you know, we're going to die because of the climate change and everything. And they were saying, you know, how much of the, the actual uh, environment is is CO two. You know, it's carbon dioxide. And they said, oh, you know, it must be about 10%. It's 0.4 of a percent. 0.4 of 1% is carbon dioxide in the uh, environment, you know. And they said, so it gets even better. Of that 0.4%, only 3% is man-made. You know, so they're going to bankrupt countries. You know, like uh, Jacinda is trying to put us up there as we want to zero emissions and all this. They're going to bankrupt our country over a, a, a minuscule amount of CO2 that's really, how, how is that impacting the environment on that level? I mean, yeah, there'll be, you know, there needs to be, you know, this last government came in around transparency. There needs to be a massive audit around, you know, 
spending on that last the last term. She's borrowed what a hundred or two hundred billion dollars, and there's just absolutely no numbers. Where's the numbers? Where, where's it been? Where's it been spent? Absolute most transparent government. That's what they came in on. They're unbelievable. Talk about untransparent. Talk about the most secretive gag order. You know, it's just been a, a, a an absolute experience, hasn't it? It has. It really government. has. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. And what I've seen is they take some issues, like the like the CO2 issue, yes. and they turn it into a huge, a much bigger deal. They exacerbate the implications of it, and yeah. and they kind of seem to play with the n- numerics of it as well, yes. um, to blow it out of proportion, and 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 a little bit of guilt orientation towards the society where it's not yeah. actually. <laughs> so people are feeling yeah, bad about something. We're, we're killing the planet. You know, it's almost an, it's almost a you know like. Through COVID, you know, no no talk of climate change. And as soon as COVID's over, it's not, you know, you can't turn on the TV without hearing climate change now. And it was, you know, it was forecast. We were talking about this in the last election. Here comes climate change, you know, and it wasn't being mentioned then. Now it is. It's just the main topic, isn't it? It but, is. But uh, there needs to be some transparency around, you know, some real science, you know, not just trust the science, not just trust that these bribed out, sold out. I don't even know if they're scientists. You know, they're, they're, they're coming to the party with all these numbers and, and you can't question it. Otherwise, it's, uh, fake, you know, fake check is going to get on you and, and cancel you. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And and the thing is, you know, Jacinda's talking about uh, uh, false news and, and, and all the rest of it. And, and it's been proven now that 90% of the narrative she was she was preaching through, through COVID was was rubbish was absolute lies and they knew it was lies i think you're right and i I think that more and more of our audience is uh will agree with you on that as they see that that is what happened um not everyone sees that but i think more Mm. and more people are seeing that in terms of other policies and things that new zealand loyal is wanting to bring in where do you guys stand um around the gender ideology that's another thing that's really being Mm. pushed forward what do you do you have any kind of thoughts on that to be honest, I think it's mental illness. You know, where has this ever had a place in our party? Our job as protectors of our kids is to give them, give them, uh, you know, encourage them and give them guidance to have a better life than ours. Where, where is this going to make their life better, this ideology around confusion? You know, I've heard of people identifying as, as wolves. I've heard of, you know, like, what is going on? And, and why are we so uh, readily uh, accepting of this nonsense? I don't, I don't understand it. There's just no way my kids getting exposed to that. No way. I don't. I just won't have it. Yeah. And so New Zealand Oil is wanting to question some of that stuff. Is that the case? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We just need to get back to old fashions, just family values, and 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 and, and you know, focus on things that matter. You know, I mean, I I, I have. No doubt that there is a very small percentage of kids that grow up that have actual physical uh, issues, right, around yeah. uh, gender. And I, I feel, you know, I, I feel for them. But just every second person, you know, and, and to target our kids around an age, especially, you know, men, girls and boys, 12, 13 years old, when they are uncomfortable in themselves, they're uncomfortable in their bodies. And these kids are able 
to have surgery and stuff. I mean, it's just so wrong, man. So wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you on that as well. Yeah. And I think, again, more and more people are starting to see it is a little, it is questionable in some of the content mm. they're teaching in schools. For those of you that missed it, I did do a couple of interviews a while back on my Empowered Parents Empowering Our Kids um, series. And we did interview people all around what they're teaching our kids in school and in sex ed class. So if you missed those, you can go to the app or you can go to our site, realitycheck.radio, and just search up on the replays for the Up Your Brave show. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Steve Oliver, and he is the candidate for New Zealand Loyal standing in New Lynn. Let's talk about the list because I know a lot of people, you know, there was a bit of a um, a mix up or a fiasco with the list where you guys only got, I think, three names down. Yes. I don't know what I don't know where you're ranked on the list. Are you hoping to be in? Um, what are your thoughts around the list and the list issue? The list, I mean, there, there's a you know, there is a lot of uh, I don't know, there's a lot of things going on, you know, and, and it's uh, this corruption exists in the world, unfortunately. <laughs> so I, I don't know. What's going on there? But uh, yeah, unfortunately, there is only three people on the list. But uh, you know, but this is the thing with MMP. It, it was basically passed in, and it's just an it's just a have. It's all about the party vote. So you know, Labor. Okay, let's just vote Labor. It doesn't matter who's standing, but we just get the party vote, and then they get it. They get allocated a certain amount of seats, and they just select who they want on on the party, which is unelected. People that, you know, who is it? Their aunties, their uncles, I don't know. A lot of these people that you see standing for areas around the area. Oh, it just glitched out. We lost you. So it's just getting back to just uh, local representation again. So if I don't pull enough numbers in my electorate to win, I don't get in. So it's just back to uh, accountability, which suits me. Right. So speaking about different electorates in different areas, I know that New Zealand Loyal, do you guys have candidates like up and down the country, all over the place? Um, and, and how are you feeling about some of the other um, smaller part freedom or smaller parties that are in those areas as well, like Nelson with Sue Gray or up north with yeah. Matt. Yeah, man, I'm just super stoked that there's a lot of uh, people with with moral standing now, uh, and and we have you know there's a lot of separation within the groups, which is unfortunate. I, I never, you know, if 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 uh, you know there's someone. And another electorate like Liao is in, in, in Kelston. She's a great girl. You know, I tell all my people, vote for Liao, man. You know, like anybody with morals, this is what we're after. We're after good people to stand up. And we have been asleep for a long time and just thought that we can sit back and and these people in, in, that are put in, in, in places of representation are going to do the best for us, which is blaringly obviously not the case. So well, yeah, I'm just happy that a lot of freedom people are standing up and, and rep, you know representing uh, our our thoughts around how we want our kids to be raised and how we want our country run. Yeah, well, it's certainly time for change. <laughs> yes, I mean it's just ridiculous that we can sack 
there's basically just two applicants for the job. And we sacked National, what, five years ago because they were a horrible mess. We let Labor in uh, on the pretense of being transparent and time for change and everything they weren't. And so they can, you know, and then six weeks out from another election, they can just promise everything and deliver nothing. You know, they'll deliver nothing on these promises. Will basically lie to us. And then we've got to go back to this candidate, you know, this this person that we sacked five years ago and give him the job back. What about the other? Surely there's other people. Well, there's a lot of options, obviously, for people this time around. Yeah. What, where do you stand? Where does New Zealand Loyal stand on co-governance? We're one people at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, 100% uh, there's been uh, wrongdoings in the past. And we've done a lot around that, you know, is, is trying to move past that. And we were paying out a lot of money. And that was supposed to be all all done and dusted, you know, when by year 2000, all this, the, the payouts and everything. And, 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 you know, I think we got to get back, get out, you know, rather than going like for a health system, getting out a color chart and okay, this guy's going to have preference over. I think it's just totally immoral. I think we should get back to who, who case by case and who needs the help. I, I, I can't, I'm not about a race based system at all. I'm, I'm about Kiwis together and, uh, supporting each other and if there's a real need we we rally and we make sure that 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 gets met awesome thank you for thank you for shining the light on some of those issues and letting our listeners know where new zealand loyal stands so if you guys haven't done your homework yet for the election go and have a look at their policies but you've you've got a little bit of an overview today from steve um steve i'm going to ask you some of the questions i ask all of my guests the first one is what is one thing you've done in the last year where you truly upped your brave uh, just really just, uh, I mean, you know, uh, through COVID, um, you know, that really was a, a, a last stance type of uh, mentality for us. So I, my mum was alive at the time and I knew that uh, we were on point with her, with her beliefs and, and, and you know, that would have been on, on point with my father. So we, I was willing, you know, the business has been run over three generations and I was willing to to die on that hill, really, to to uh, finish the finish the business on that issue. So mm-hmm. I was, um, you know, I was just happy with the way it played out. But you know, uh, just really happy with this with our stand at, at the end of the day. That's quite um, quite emotional, actually. You know, that three generations and um, knowing that you kind of, you know, you were standing not just for yourself but for them as well. That's. Mm. That's huge. Uh, What is something on your bucket list, something you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you to achieve? Yeah, uh, to be honest, man, I just want my kids to grow up with a future and, uh, you know, to grow up in a a country like we've had. Like, I've I've been blessed to grow up in a country where race was never an issue. And and my friends, you know, I I I, I went to Kelston Boys. There was only two Palangis in my whole form year, you know what I mean? Like, and, and race was never an issue, man, you know, like, I just want my kids to grow up in a country that uh, I can be proud of. They can have a future. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's really what my focus is at the moment, trying to, you know, secure a, a future for my kids. 
Amazing. And um, what is coming up for you? Obviously the election, but what else is coming up for you in the next wee while and how can people yeah. connect with you or learn more? Give us some websites and social media. Yeah, ideas. we've got, uh, we've got the gym. We've got a, our main gym in, uh, in West Auckland. What's it called? Uh, yeah. OliverMMA.co.nz. And then, um, we run tournaments. So we run, uh, 12 tournaments throughout the year. We do, uh, we do jujitsu, so it's it's a it's based on a belt system and a weight and an age, and they get they get matched up fairly, and and they go in and they just challenge themselves, and we just try and you know it's just a great platform to really build uh, resilience in kids, teach them to believe in themselves, and it's not all it's not all it's not all green lights, you know. Sometimes they have a bad day and there's tears and. But man, we just try and encourage these kids to take it again, you know, to learn from the lesson. And that's what's missing in society is is the ability to fail and, and to learn from from your mistake and move on better for better for the experience, you know. And uh, a lot of kids are just failing and, and they just can't see a way through, unfortunately. And suicides at all time highs. We just, you know, we, we just really trying to put this platform out there to just encourage kids, develop kids into great you know, resilient, young, strong adults and leaders. And uh, that's that's what we do. So we got nationals coming up in about three weeks in uh, Kaimarama Stadium in, uh, in, down to, in Auckland. And, um, yeah, it's a great day. You know, anyone wants to come along and see these kids going at it, the, the level on these kids are just absolute ninjas, you know, from four years old, they 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 uh, fight and yeah, it's, it's just great to see the level growing in New Zealand and uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a big event. We have uh, up to a thousand competitors, a thousand fighters over the day, and about three to four thousand spectators. So it's um, it's a it's a it's a huge day, but just uh, great to see the youth coming through and, and and just empowering the youth, you know. That is that sounds amazing. My background is outdoor education, so that was empowering people through using the outdoors as a medium yeah. for personal development. So same, same but different. Um, yeah, and that's powerful and really necessary. Like you said, at this time, it's such a hard time for youth. So maybe I'll get my boys to come and watch. We live not far from from that stadium. Oh, yeah, it's all about <laughs> confidence, man. It's all about confidence, and man, I just see it's just a blessing to be a part. Of, I I teach the kids program at our gym, and these kids come through, man, and, and they come through. They're just hiding behind mum and dad. They can't even make eye contact. And then, honestly, two, three months later, they're skipping through the door, you know, giving me a high five. Just, man, confidence. If you could bottle confidence, that's what our kids are, are lacking. Mm. You know, we just need to get these kids confident and able to take a knock and keep moving forward. And we just I just, we just want to build a better future for our kids, right? That's, that's all our priority is, is to make it better for the next generation. And and uh, yeah, that's an under threat at the moment. So yeah, we'll just keep going, man. Doing well, our best. a very noble cause. I can feel that coming through loud and clear from you. That's so amazing. Do you have also Instagram for your gym or anything? We do have an Instagram. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Oliver MMA. I'm not. My wife handles all the Instagram stuff, but I'm not much of a uh, IT guy. <laughs> okay, they can they can look it up. And what about yeah. NZ Loyal? How do they find more information on you or on the party and your policies? Yeah, nzloyal.org. NZ. Okay. And, easy. Uh, yeah. So just go there. All the policies are up there. I mean, Liz is just, you know, you can feel how, uh, you know, legitimate Liz is. And, and I've seen her journey and she's been just on the front line exposing what's going on with these vaccine injuries. I mean, just quickly before I left, we just, 
we had a student just last Friday at our gym in town die, 22 years old, man, watching a movie, had, uh, fell ill, threw up, lay down on the couch and died in front of his, in front of his family. You know? when, when, when do these guys have 22-year-old kids die like this on mass? Do the people around you make that connection or are people still not seeing it? Uh, they're starting to, yeah, they're starting to. But uh, there's a pandemic out there of sudden death, man. It's mm -hmm. crazy. That is so tragic and sadly so common. Yeah, it is now. Yeah. <clears throat> Steve, it's awesome to chat with you today. Before we wrap things up, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners um, we've got one week until the election, you know, anything else you want to share or for people to think about and what are you hoping for New Zealand going forward? Yeah, we, you know, just want a, a free country for our kids, you know, and, uh, you know, just if you haven't done your homework, go and look, man, no one's forcing you to do anything, but we've got to, we've got to engage. We just can't sit back and expect people to do it for us anymore. We've got to contribute. We've got to make a decision on what kind of future we want for our kids. And that's voting. You know, I mean, we gotta we gotta get out there and and let them know what we want and uh, what what's going on is unacceptable, and uh, we have to change. We have to change the direction of our country, and and uh, it's 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 really getting late in the piece with the lead, you know the level of legislation they're passing in the back back end all the time. They're tightening it up, tightening it up. These overlords are just you know securing their future in our countries by the day and we've got to stand up as a people and just say it's unacceptable so vote register the vote and vote awesome thank you so much steve for sharing your insights and your policies with us today no thanks for your time appreciate it awesome thanks everyone for listening yeah you're listening to up your brave on rcr reality check radio Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Steve Oliver, candidate uh, for New Zealand Loyal. You can go and learn about many, well, all, most of the other parties. We've done over 200 interviews on Reality Check Radio, political interviews. Most of them, of course, are done by some of my awesome colleagues, Cam Slater. Peter Williams has done uh, a couple. And of course, we have the political panel. So there's many, many resources there. And of course, I also encourage you to go to the actual websites. So go to the New Zealand Loyal website um, for this one and all the other parties. Go and look them up. Do your homework. See how you feel and see what makes sense. See what is in alignment with what you believe in and what you stand for. And as I said before, I don't really believe in putting all of our eggs in the election basket in terms of, you know, this is going to change everything. I think it is so critical to be conscious, to be empowered in the way that we show up in the world and what vision we create for the future. You want to have a clear vision, but you also want to take, I think, empowered action towards that. So um, the way that you interact with people, the people that you spend your time with and, um, and where you spend your time and money, it all adds up. We all have an impact. In this interview with Steve, we talked about a variety of things. We talked about a bunch of relevant issues, the co-governance, the climate change, gender ideology, etc. He also talked a lot about how it's our job to protect the kids and the role of a man. You know, we've spent so much of this year talking about what is a woman. It's like, let's look at the role of a man. He raised some good points there. I talked about learning from the lessons and really being aware of what kind of future we want to create for our kids. 
And of course, transparency around real science, not just bribed out science. Lots of things covered in this interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do message us. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what resonated with you. And remember, of course, to go out and cast your vote. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. My next guest is a longtime friend with so many talents, Bridget Clare, and we're going to be talking about reconnecting to nature. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you, Ned. I'm so pleased to be here. Now, I'm going to read a little bit of background about you, but before we do that, I know you wanted to do a karakia to start things off. I do. Thank you. I'd really like to open the space and protect our journey ahead during our time together. So I'll start my karakia now if you'd like to shut your eyes and take a deep breath. Katakina te mauri, ko te mauri tu, ko te mauri tau, ko te mauri ohu, ko te mauri tenei i takia mai i atane. Nāna, i takahia atura te arataki ki te wahi naro, ki te tihi o manono, ara ko te pautama huareiwa ki tikitiki o te rangi e ko te hiringa o te mahara teira, nā te mahara te manako, nā te manako te wānanga, nā te wānanga te pūkinga, nā te pūkinga te mōhio e te ia, tēnei te mōri o nā Uruaeo ka whakapiki, tēnei te mauri o nga apakura ka whakakaki, takina te mauri o nga whatakura ka tū, takina te mauri o nga marie kura ka tau, takina te mauri o nga rahui kura ka oho, kia eki, eki pānuku, eki hohoro, eki whakakaki, Whakarunga a tāne nui a rangi ki nga rangi tūhaha ki a iyo matua nui. Nāna ki rero mai ngā kite o wānanga, ko te kite ururu matua, ko te kite ururu tūpua, ko te kite ururu tāhito tūtū. Tūru whakamoa ki a tīna. Tīna homie huie tai kie. And I'll just repeat that in English. As I recite my prayer, I feel uplifted. I feel calm. I feel an awakening as I recount the deeds of Tāne. It was he who travelled through the heavens and ascended to the zenith point. He travelled by sacred pathways and was empowered by sacred rites. From memory came desire. From that desire came dedication. From dedication came expertise. From expertise came the gift of self-awareness. The essence of the sacred ones uplifts all. The essence of the sacred ones enables ascension. I call for the sacred ones to uplift me and my purpose. I call for the sacred ones to steady me and what must be done. I call for the sacred ones to maintain me until my task is complete. Tane is the example of dedication. And for this, 
he was granted audience with the Creator. It was he who returned to earth with the baskets of knowledge so that the physical and metaphysical elements of the world could fill the mind's void. Give me clarity and purpose so I might complete my task. And so it is done. I think, thank you so much, Bridget, for that. And I think that's the first time we've had a katakia done on my show, at least. So thank you for that. My pleasure. And also how timely, I think we are all seeking clarity um, and courage at the moment as well. I'll give a bit of background for those of you that don't know Bridget. Bridget Clare is a dedicated naturopath, medical herbalist, nutritionist, health coach, and Rangoa practitioner. She's the visionary force behind Maramakai, her business, with an unwavering belief in the profound connection between humanity and nature. She leads a mission to inspire all to rediscover their innate link with the natural world and embrace holistic well-being. With extensive expertise in naturopathy, herbal medicine, nutrition, health coaching, and traditional rangoa healing, Bridget recognizes the growing demand for guidance and education in achieving intrinsic well-being. Many have lost touch with their ancestral ties, forgetting their primal connection to Hine Huono. How do we say it? Hine Onihoni. Hine Onihoni, the first earth formed Wahini. Bridget's creation, Maramakai, aims to revive reverence for Papatuanuku, Earth Mother, and the nurturing power of Oni Oni soil that sustains all living beings. She passionately shares her wisdom through exceptional holistic health education, workshops, and talks deeply rooted in Maturanga, indigenous wisdom and knowledge. Beyond her educational endeavors, Bridget is a sought-after speaker at conferences, businesses, and expos. Her unique perspective, fueled by a profound love for Te Tayo, the natural world, and an understanding of both visible and unseen dimensions of well-being, offers fresh concepts and a unique lens for comprehending well-being. She also serves as a health coach for Dr. Zach Bush's journey for intrinsic health, where she imparts insights into the eight keys for holistic health. Bridget's valuable experience includes a significant role in delivering the national training program for Vitaco, New Zealand's largest supplement company, offering insights into the corporate world of natural health within the pharmacy model. Well, I'm excited to ask you even more about all of those things, Bridget. It's an honor to have you here today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I feel like we could have taken this interview in so many directions because you have such a vast knowledge, uh, but you've chosen reconnecting to nature. Why is that topic so uh, important to you and especially now? Ko o te taiao, te taiao ko o. That means I am nature, nature is me. So basically, it's who we are. We've been misled. Um, many of us have handed our health away to somebody else um, and, you know, therefore lost our power um, and a lot of our light, actually. So I really want to give the opportunity to people to bring that back. It's a lot about um, becoming self-reliant uh, and self-responsible and that basically means having the ability to re respond to oneself. 
in our world, we don't recognize we've been so distracted and so misaligned or confused. And there's so many gurus out there spreading, you know, their word on health. And we've really got no um, clear direction or, or clarity around what actually health is and who am I? actually and why am I here and this is a lot of what people talk about you know so it's a lot about grounding ourselves getting back out into nature and really really reconnecting uh, with that on a cellular level um, you know when we look at ourselves in mass what you see of yourself is only 10% um, of you, you know, the other 90% of you is actually driven by alien forces. <laughs> so that's really something we have to grasp. And okay, I got to jump in. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because I was, I thought you were going to say the other 90% is, you know, energy, our frequency. What do you mean by alien forces? Totally. And we see this as energy and, and frequency as well, because these alien forces are the bacteria, they're the parasites, they're the fungi, the fungi that, that lives um, on us and within us. And it is 90% of us. So that's really the driving force within us. Uh, when we look at bacteria, you know, there's, there's over 40,000 species. So, you know, we, we really want to look at what's gone on in the last three years, I guess, um, and how we've, we've come through that uh, and what we've actually been able to gain from that. And really, uh, that's what it's about, gain of life, gain of function. Uh, when we look at everything, you know, over the last even four years, uh, I've been quite in shocked spaces at the very beginning. And, you know, I was quite vocal on these platforms and uh, not believing in what was going on. And there was much of, you know, this disarray and much division and and talk of the viruses. Well, viruses that kill. The virome is not alive. And so... Therefore, it doesn't get up and walk about and actually create any damage within us. The virome actually provides a platform of sequencing. So it's like a database. And within us, um, you know, we have to look at how we've got this relationship with our tile, our environment, our natural world. Uh, so... We can look outside of us and see how that's changing and why that's changing through the seasons. You know, in summer, we have a lot of fresh berries and a lot of, you know, flourishing, um, beautiful fruits full of water, um, you know, like watermelon and um, all these, you know, full of water fruits. And that's because summer, we need a lot of hydration, but these fruits actually provide the nourishment for us at that time of the year. And then, you know, through the months, we go, then go from summer into autumn and everything starts to fall and, you know, die off. And through these seasonal changes, we always see the life change. And the way that that changes is through the virome because we have to adapt. If we don't adapt, basically we die. So that's part of it. You know, in any ecosystem, every ecosystem, I'm an ecosystem on my own. 
And then I've got the greater ecosystem. So I could say to anybody that I'm actually, I am the universe. I am my own universe because within me, I have over, um, you know, 20 billion, actually, um, or 70 trillion cells, over 70 trillion cells. Within those cells, I have bacteria driving them. And these bacteria create gene sequences within them. So when we have to create function of life, and that is between the bacteria and the fungi and um, their living organisms, and they want to get together to create a function of life, they use the virome. The virome provides these sequences for them to be able to evolve and adapt in their environment and to create that function of life. So it is really about creating that 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 living being. But when we look at ourselves and who we are genetically, we're quite unique because we have, we sit actually, our genetic sequencing sits between a flea and a fruit fly. So a flea has 13,000 different sequences. Uh, a human being has 20,000 different sequences. And then a, uh, a fruit fly has um, 30,000 different um, sequences or genes, genomics that they can build from. The reason that humans are so evolved and have this consciousness is be because we are conscious. We can retain memory. We can retain things and drive our bodies uh, to evolve and adapt through using our environment as that and recognizing why our environment's changing and why we're changing. You know, um, everything's in layers. So when we look at the environment, we don't, you know, there's, there's layers we can't see that are invisible to our eye. If we microscope them, we can see them. And these are the living organisms around us that are serving us. A lot of people talk about this auric energy and things that surrounds us. And it's a lot about the bacteria and their vibrational frequency and what we're feeding them as to how they'll, you know, shine their light. Uh, and these, these, beings are there to serve us and keep us in balance and that's really you know what we're about is this homeostasis and keeping ourselves alive and, and one of the ways we can keep ourselves in balance i imagine is the topic of the day reconnecting to nature um i'm going to ask you a few ways that we can do that but I wanted to first just touch back to you know the last three years you mentioned that it, it brought some some people, you know, we had to adapt and um, some people, I think, maybe re had a, a renewed relationship with their own health. For your own personal self, like how have the last three years been for you and how has that affected the, the work or the message that you're focusing on right now? Wow, it's been a real journey, I'm sure, for many. Um, but for myself, in the very beginning, you know, I was quite upset and sad that, you know, nobody was really, well, other than yourself and a few others that I knew were on our page and really the knew the depth of what was going on. But I really had to take a back step because that wasn't serving me, nor was it serving anybody around me. 
being in that space and it brought up a lot of feelings and you know that's who we are we're feeling beings and we have to get through these feelings um and really connect to them and why they're here so I I felt all of these vibrational energy coming in and it's actually um something that I've got through through using a lot of connection with people and connection with our social networks and watching, actually observing what we call uh, tiru tiru. And tiru tiru is the real science. Observation, you know, if we sit back and we observe, we can actually see what's going on. And just without speaking, so I took some time after, you know, being quite vocal and my 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 social got stolen from me. <laughs> it's actually, um, yeah, so... I restarted my socials up again um, after that and was a little bit more quiet, but more contemplative, more creative with my energy. And because of that observation and through this time too, I was doing part of my reward journey. And that was amazing because we kept, we held that space together and it was a lot about uh, coming together and connecting with our tile, with our, with nature, even though we were isolated. And we know, you know, isolation, a fanatum is an isolation, it goes into chaos. And so when we're in isolation, we can go quite easily into chaos. So we really need to be able to ground ourselves. And that's where nature can come in. Yeah, You're never alone. And, and that's one of the biggest things that we need to really feel. Uh, through that time, I felt quite alone. Uh, even though I had, you know, people around me, I felt quite alone in my thinking. And so I had to observe that and really see the opportunity in that, how I could grow and the potential to change things. And so that's where I started seeing things from a different perspective. Now, that perspective is really um, quite hard-hitting and quite shocking. However, we do need to see this. We are light beings, but we also have this darkness within us, and that's okay. We have to see that darkness and feel it because it's the generational stuff coming through, and it's the generational stuff coming through in the whenua as well. We can see it, and we are a true reflection of nature. So when we can see this and feel this, we can really connect and know what we can do to make things better. Just one step at a time. And really, it's not something that we do overnight. Hey, I'm well again because I've been in nature. But these are steps that we can take. So grounding is one of them. You know, we're a bioelectrical, electromagnetic beings full of light. That electricity that runs through us is really important. And it brings light. Now, we we consume that in many ways. One of the best ways we can get that is from watching the biggest energy source, and that is Teira, the sun, Hinekura. And she teaches us so much about, you know, our cycles and nature. And, you know, she's the sleep, she's the wake cycle. So when we actually see the sun, when we, um, and I call it the 10-10 rule, you must watch the sun for the ten, first 10 minutes of your day and for the last 10 minutes of your day. The more you can get that energy in, uh, the, the better. Now, when I talk about that energy, come back to being an electric. Is that called sun gazing, Bridget? Yeah, totally. Or watching the sunrise. Right sun-gazing and sun-bathing <laughs> without sunblock <laughs> because that is... Without toxic sunblock. Yeah. 
which has killed a lot of our reefs and actually created a lot of the cancers that are, are prevalent in our world now, which is really another journey. Um, you know, cancer, if we just look at, at cancer cells, cancer cells are very much like cities. They have lost their purpose and they just suck the life out of the surroundings they're in. And, you know, cancer cells, if we reconnected them to their ecosystem, they would heal themselves. And that's what people do when they have these um, journeys, they reconnect to nature and then they reprogram these cells that have lost their DNA, they've lost their purpose, and therefore they can restructure and rebuild. And we've seen that happen over and over again. Uh, so it's very important, very important. Now, when we watch the sun, it activates us, turns us on. You know, they've stolen these words and put them into a con concepts that, you know, make us not want to use them. But yeah. when I'm working with people, I say, you know, the first thing in the morning, get up out of bed and run outside and put your feet on the ground. You know, my clients go, oh, that's shocking. And I'm like, great, good job done, <laughs> because you shock your body into being alive. Mm -hmm. You know, we've become too comfortable, we've become too lazy, we've become too reliant, and uh, we need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone to really evolve. So when we see the sun on our skin, but particularly our eyes are the um, activators, so the sunlight coming in through our eyes actually activates serotonin, which is our wake hormone, our feel-good hormone to make on our gut lining. That's if our gut lining's well. And a lot of people, you know, aren't seeing the sun and they're feeling a lot of sadness because serotonin is the happy hormone. And then I, I just want to jump in because the sun, this is so important, right? Because is the fact that we have so much screen time these days also affecting our eyes? And if we can go and with intention, um, so sun gazing, my understanding is you're not maybe depending on the time of day, if it is the first 10 minutes, you can stare right at the sun. But as it gets a bit more intense, maybe it's just looking just past the sun, not necessarily straight into it. We've always been told, like, don't stare at the sun and you have to wear sunblock. And a lot of this is not true. We are surrounded by lies. In fact, our whole lives around health and wellness, not to mention other topics. Um, so talk me to a little bit more about sun, because we've also been told, you know, wear a hat, wear sunglasses. <laughs> and on one of my previous in interviews I did, which was... Uh, all around with Amber um, was all around waking up at your own pace. And we talked about the pineal gland, calcification of the pineal gland, and how important it is to sometimes not wear sunglasses or hats so that your forehead can get that connection with the sun. Talk to us a little bit more about the positive impact of the sun. Okay, so our pineal gland is our third eye. When we watch with our eyes, the sun and the light, we're like beings, we're feeding ourselves. It is the best energy that we can get. You know, we've been misled into this, uh, you know, journey on food. And there's so many fallacies around food. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, we've got to really look at, at these natural energy sources and how we can, you know, feed ourselves. So, like I say, it makes serotonin. Serotonin is a happy hormone that makes on the gut lining. And that actually builds our melatonin. So through the day, melatonin builds in your third eye, in your pineal gland. And so when you're, you know, you're healthy and you've got this serotonin, you're building melatonin, 
An hour after the sun goes down, melatonin drops like an umbrella over your body, taking it into this circadian rhythm, this sleep-wake cycle. And that's what we should be following, nature's rhythms. But we're being too pushed out by these artificial lights, the blue light. You know, it's confusing us. We're seeing this light and our circadian rhythms way out of whack. And a lot of people are not sleeping because of this. And when you don't sleep, it's your number one health hack because overnight you do your most restorative processes. You know, everything that you consume through the day needs to be digested and filed away or gotten rid of if it's not right for us, if it's toxic, you know, if it's not going to serve us, we need to get rid of it. And the body spends a lot of time doing this, particularly the liver in that aspect and the kidneys, um, rebalancing everything in the body. But a lot of people are so out of whack, they don't get the sleep, so they don't regenerate, they're not restoring well and they're not revitalized or feeling, you know, at their top, their energy. We should be living until we're about 200 years old. We're being ripped off. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm I'm dedicated to getting there. <laughs> that will be news for some people. Some people will be like, what is she talking about? We're supposed to live to till 200. The, are you saying the body, like you said earlier, the body is naturally designed to heal and sometimes we can help it by spending time in nature. I actually wrote down reconnect to nature to reprogram yourselves. Um, so, yeah, so tell us more about like our ability to live till 200. So we're bioelectromagnetic beings full of light. Light is just it, um, information for our body. Okay, so our body communicates, our cells communicate. We've got 70 trillion cells vibing together, okay? We're a column of water, and all of these cells are suspended in this column of water. Within the cell, we have this water gel-like substance, and all of our microbiome and bacteria live and thrive within this environment. Now, when we're feeding it light, it's going to vibe on a high vibration. If we're feeding it, and, and and I'm talking about light, it's alive, it's full of energy. You know, that's our um our sun sunrise, our um sun altogether. You know, when we're in the Moana, we're in the sea, you know, that's live. Uh, when we're in the Awa, when we're in the lakes and the rivers, that's live. It's actually immersing ourselves in nature and it actually turns us on. That means that it stimulates certain processes in your body to activate and to work or process things at a faster or better rate and uh, not slowed down and sluggish, you know. Um, and when we talk about this electrical power we have, you know, it's the positive and negative charge. These are ions, I-O-N-S. And this is the, the, uh, the connection that we have with nature. Now, when we put our feet on the ground, we're picking up a lot of negative ions. And that's amazing because we're usually so positive in the acidic realm. You know, um, they've made these things for a reason. Carbohydrates should be carbon hydrating us. But because we're having a lot of dehydrated carbohydrates, the carbon's then gone and we're carbon beings. 
So really what you want to be thinking about is how you're getting that carbon into your body and your cells don't actually digest the protein. What you're doing is you're feeding the bacteria. It's not your cells you're feeding. So you want to be thinking about how you're feeding these 70 trillion bacteria in your body. Now, we've been so disconnected. Uh, you know, our microbiome is 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 everything. It's like drives us. And, you know, through the mid, I think, mid um, 1900s, they brought in refrigeration to store food. This was one of the biggest disconnectors of us to our kind and to our whenua. Because what we would do to store food prior to this is actually ferment it. And when we're fermenting food, we're actually creating more diverse microbiome. And that's who we are. We need to be living in a diverse environment. And that's what um, biodiversity is. You know, we have all of this mono around us. You know, one of the biggest mono crops we have is grass. And it's really not serving the whenua. You know, um, we need to look at how we can turn this whenua into things that are going to serve us. And that's really important. So coming back to putting your feet on the ground, that's going to give you those negative vibes and really help to balance you out. Like I said, homeostasis is all about that balance and we're too acidic. Those dehydrated carbs are reducing our hydrogen molecules and that's the portion of hydrogen, which is the pH taking us into an acidic environment and where, you know, when you're acidic on the inside, you imagine what it's like to have acid. You feel angst, you feel frustrated, you feel burnt up, you're feeling all of these feelings and it's only because of what you're consuming. We need to look at this. The other thing is many things actually. Protein's another fallacy. You know, protein doesn't actually provide us energy. <laughs> it's, you know, carbohydrates and our fatty acids, our true, um, our true fuels. Um, and, and the biggest thing is because they can provide that hydration. Remember, we're water, salt water. So the way we hydrate ourselves is really, really important. And all of these things are what you can do in nature. I've got a question about the kitchen as well. While we're talking about food, every time I go to cook something, you know, and I go to grab some oil, I'm like, oh, which is the oil that is bad? I can't remember. Bridget will know. What what oils should we not buy for cooking? And which, or should we throw them out if we've got them? Seed oils. Seed oils are not good for cooking. Oils, yeah. You should really be using. Um, I use a lot of ghee. Ghee is clarified butter. Um, and I use uh, coconut oils. I use um, olive oil. I'll use a lot of hemp seed oil as in cold to make dressings and yep. other things. Um, but when you're actually cooking high heat, coconut oils are really good, mainly because they're a medium chain or short um, medium chain fatty acid. That means the chain is a lot shorter. When you have long chain fatty acids, which are what carbohydrates are and fatty, you know, amino, uh, sorry, fatty acids, our um, fats, they're long chains and they can break easily. 
And so we want strength to be able to um, have that structure to keep things together and nourish ourselves. And that's why it's good to to cook high heat with medium chain fatty acids, which is things like coconut oil, ghee. Nice. Um, there's a few other topics I want to dive into. I want to make, you've got so much wisdom. I just, I just kind of letting you go, you know, I'm just letting you do your thing. Um, but I want to ask you about the therapeutics bill. Mm. I also would love it. I know you've done a lot of work, tragically so, helping people and also a lot of teenagers um, to detox from, you know, post-vaccine and when they've seen their health decline. So mm. I would love if we could give our listeners some inside tips on things that can be helpful in that domain. Should we start with that one and then we'll go to therapeutics? Yeah, sure. Uh, one of the biggest things with with um, the vaccine is it was an assault on the immune system. Uh, and so it's really what people are susceptible to, but it's created a lot of inflammation and inflammation is what the immune system creates when there's, you know, an, an assault. So we need to deal with inflammation. That's mainly what people are um, experiencing. And, you know, I, I really um, thank these people for um, actually taking this pathway because each one of us has taken this soul contract on the journey that we've taken. And I want to thank them for what they're showing us and what they're creating around us, um, this awareness. And I am here to help if people want to reach out. Um, I find it really um, easy because it's really just about dealing with their inflammation. So everybody's different. We're all very unique, uh, but we have the same sort of genetic makeup um, or, you know, or structure, should I say, in tissues. So one of the biggest organs we can really love is our liver. Um, the liver deals with a lot of inflammation. And so I put a lot of people, I use a lot of, I have a liposomal, vegan, uh, all um, supplement range I import from the States, Symbiotica. So I use their glutathione. It's a liposomal vegan form uh, and it's all organic. They're all from food. So it's not actually a pill or a capsule. It's in a, a, a supplement that your body will resonate with and taste because when we eat food it's a lot about the vibration the smell and then the taste that tells us what's coming in and that's how our body can deal with it you know and where it's meant to be going where it will serve best when we've got this confusion and that's a lot of what it is confusion in our body um, because of this assault we need to then just bring it back into that homeostasis and so that's a lot about treating the liver rebalancing through those pathways, the kidneys um, as well. And uh, I found glutathione. I have a shilajit as well, which is an amazing remedy. It's actually an, a, an ancient remedy from the Vedas, Ayurvedic medicine. It is an exudate which comes from crevices of the highest mountains like the Hindu shoes and Himalayans. And the Vedas noticed it when the monkeys were licking this black 
kind of brown tar-like substance that was coming out of the ground. And then they started harvesting it and realizing the benefit of this. And it's like putting uh, electricity safely back into the body. And it's a lot about rebalancing and taking away that stress. Because, you know, it's a lot about bringing ourselves back into the neutral space and being able to live in that neutral space and the um and, and then we thrive in life if we are you know stress is actually the number one killer and this is a lot of what's happened through this trauma is the stress of it and it's created stress for many of us that haven't gone and taken that avenue because we've had the trauma of seeing others that we love do this to themselves but you know we've got to come to the grips that that's the contract that they sign and actually we can help them to um, find their way through with ease and that's why we're here you know to be able to serve that higher purpose and really bring that light back to these beings that have you know shown us the darkness and what can bring, you know, or be brought from following. Uh, yeah. And I don't, you know, there's no blame and there's no uh, reason, but I do think, you know, there's 8 billion of us here on this, on Tiao right now, um, you know, the most that have ever, most light beings that have ever been, ever. And we all have light. And we all have dark because we've lived in both of those. But like my tūhunga said, you know, Tane did not separate his parents, Papa Tuanuku and Ranganui, for us to live in darkness. We're here to live in the light and bring the light back. So we're drowning it out and it's already, you know, happening. We're already starting that way forward. I'm, um, you know, I really want these people to know that there's a lot of BS out there mm. and that is belief systems. So <laughs> find is find your own belief system. And if you have issues with that, then come find someone that will help you find your purpose. Remember those cancer cells, they've lost their purpose because they've lost their DNA and their way forward. We need to make that obsolete, reconnect them to the ecosystem mm -hmm. and show them their purpose again. And that's basically what we are and who we are and how we can heal each other. And a lot of that will come through play. Right. Where we will do. Talk most. to us more about, well, first of all, I wanted to say you have a beautiful way with words. And I think the other message there was that it's it's hopeful and that the lack of blame was beautiful. It's no finger pointing, but it is saying to people there 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 are some things that you can do if you're feeling I know some people for them, it like their depression came back or their back pain came back or suddenly, you know, their heart or whatever it might be. So I you're leaving me feeling hopeful, which is great. Mm. Um, but and yeah, carry on. I wanted to talk about you mentioned about the pl about play, the importance of play. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so many things we could talk about, and so much that's I'd love to get out there for people to really grasp onto because there is, you know, I I actually listen to Mandela and his view on hope, 
and um, you know he lost hope, but what he had was belief, mm. and so that's what we need to get. Hope can be quite um, you know fluffy, but yeah. if we have belief, we can get there. And uh, you know I don't believe we need. Um, I think government is fiction. I think everything politics is fiction. It's just a distraction. Um, so is television. You know, tell a vision. It tells you what it's doing. Um, you know, get rid of it. Find your own vision and create that in your world because you are capable. And we're all here for a reason to bring that light back. This 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 realm is a light realm and we are light beings. We will, um, and we've already got there. We've already got there. It's just this last bit which we will, you know, get through. But on the other side, we will have created a new realm. And that is if we don't march into extinction. One of the biggest things is that we have and we 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 are in now is a chemical um, world. And that is, you know, we've got to stop the use of chemicals and get back to nature. We have killed her so much. There is only the FDA in, I think it was 1980, uh, um, deemed only 40% of the world's whenua as fit for growing kai. And that's shocking. You know, there's only 30% left of biologically reproducing seed in the world. And that is a true reflection of us. We've got to take it back, take our power back and change it. So if we ignore everything that's trying to distract us and, and you know, carry on on our path and know that we're creating this new world, Day by day, we're already doing it. There's so many of us doing it. We're being misled. There are so many of us doing it. We can feel it if we feel into it and really support that and just ignore all the stuff that's there to set to distract us. We will make it obsolete. It already is to me. I don't, you know, I don't need that world. Um, so those systems are not serving us. Um, the biggest system being the pharmaceutical system you know america is built on it yeah 3.8 trillion in profit per year and they they it's quite shocking but it, you know these shocks actually shock us into finding a new way forward so we've got to be really thankful for it we can't be sitting here blaming we will stay in that victim space if we keep blaming we need to claim it reclaim it and reclaim ourselves and know how to do that going forward uh, I work with a um, supplement company and I'm very much in I'm immersed in pharmacy a lot and it's not health You just need to walk to your local pharmacy and see that. <laughs> I, I was talking to my friend the other day and I was saying how, yeah, when, you know, when doctors do their training, they spend barely any time at all. I don't know. Let's say it was two days or I don't know what it is on holistic health. And I said, but I think that's going to change. I think going forward, you know, the doctors, the pharmacists, the nurses, everybody will be exposed to more of, of these natural ways of doing things and a more holistic 
way of being healthy. So thank you for introducing some of these concepts today. Can you talk to me briefly about things like charcoal? So I'm under the impression that charcoal is helpful for detox. I'm not really sure. That's all about all I know. Charcoal and um, magnesium, also really important. Like, are these some things that we should just have on hand that are helpful for various things and times that we need them? I think magnesium and vitamin D are really, really important. They're probably your two most important if you're going to look at a supplement. Magnesium uh, is part of us. It's one of our neutralizers. And when I talked about the acidity previously, you know, um, a lot of children are going to school, eating sandwiches, eating dehydrated carbohydrates. They come home in this angst state. They're in their safe space. They throw their toys out of the clock. Mum and dad have been led to believe it's ADHD. They've been made to sit in a classroom from nine to three and mainly our boys. And who does that? They can't, you know, they will learn through play. You will see them playing on the field, interacting, connecting, knowing how to get boundaries, knowing how to count because they're counting how many goals he had. And, and you know, and then they've got to, you know, pump up and get more or, you know, and that's that's a lot of how our kids learn, putting them in these spaces where they've got these such limitations really um, makes them quite stagnated and quite angst when they get home so when we give them a little bit of magnesium magnesium absorbs within an hour of us taking it watch them chill out same with the teenager coming home slamming doors you know getting all angst because they're going through hormonal transitions magnesium's your best friend and you know that's so great because i always just associate magnesium with sleep or like muscle pain at night like a sore calf muscle that suddenly you know, you have to like stretch your leg in the middle of the night. So much more than that. People think there's different forms of <laughs> magnesium. Magnesium is just bound to different things. Like you get a magnesium oxide, um, but it's still magnesium. It's just bound to oxide, but oxide's a gas. So it doesn't get absorbed into the cells. So a lot of people, you know, carry a lot of stress in their gut and they clench and they hold on and they hold on till they absorb all of the water out of their um out of their fecal matter and that turns to wheat bix and they can't move it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so bringing our magnesium oxide in brings relaxation, allows them to relax, brings water in and allows them to release. So that's a really good form for constipation. Yeah. Help- you know, if you've got magnesium in a glycinate form or an amino acid form, or even better, an L-threonate, I've got an L-threonate, which passes the blood-brain barrier. You know, and when we talk about passing the blood-brain barrier, we're getting highest absorption because we will actually, the same barrier is on our gut. In fact, I call our gut the first brain. We've just been so distracted and so fed full of BS that we have not been able to know what's right and really intuit it, become more in tune. So back to your question, I'm not sure if I even asked, answered it or touched on it, but, you know, we we need to just be more discerning and conscious and, um, you know, magnesium is amazing, vitamin D, because, you know, people are eating out of season, uh, they go to the supermarkets, they pick up what they love, they just eat broccoli every night, they're not diversifying their diet, so they're not. therefore they're not diversifying their ecosystem. 
And when you're doing this, you're actually darkening, you know, staying on that low energy and you really want to pump it up. Magnesium also goes into building energy. So, you know, it's for sleep, but serotonin, it makes serotonin, which is a happy hormone. Mm -hmm. It also helps to make melatonin, which is our sleep. And it goes into over 300 biological functions. So if you don't get it, it's like not putting baking powder in your cake. You hit a flop, you know? So overnight we regenerate. If we don't put the right ingredients in through the day, we're not going to regenerate overnight. And this comes back to the story of living to 200. (laughs) (laughs) And there we are. And that's how it's done. Um, It's so interesting. Our topic today, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Bridget Clare. We are talking about reconnecting to nature. And when I think about that, I think about looking at what goes in and on our body. We talked briefly about sunscreen. We talked about vitamin D from the actual sun, but also as a supplement. Let's talk about supplements. Um, I know you had some strong views about as a lot of us do, about the therapeutics bill and whether that's, you know, what that might mean if it did get passed. What are your thoughts on that um, in in terms of the threat to natural, not just supplements, but lots of other things that people might even be growing in their garden or wanting to be self-reliant with their own health and wellness? Um, Is it a real threat? What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Um, And it's a bill now, so it's been passed. Um, Yeah, they passed it earlier this year. There's a lot of companies that I deal with uh, because I'm a practitioner. I'm in, um, you know, with FX Med and quite a few other companies that are really concerned and by rights we should be. Basically, what they have done is lumped the natural health products, NHPs, alongside medicines, um, active pharmaceutical ingredients, APIs, uh, and medical devices, and uh, they tried also to put out rungoa in there. It's not clear how they will deal with rungoa yet. They have said that they um, have the um, intention of removing it from the bill, but I haven't. Can you can you just tell our listeners what that means? Rungoa is our traditional medicines, um, and it's really using our elements and nature as your tools. It is uh, very, it's dealing with all concepts of uh, medicine. So it's the uh, four pillars or five pillars of health. It's the physical, it's the mental, it's the emotional, it's the connection, um, which is fano or fano uh, to be, you know, the extended fano, um, and the way that we connect with nature and connect into everything that we are. Rungwa was our first medicine uh, or, you know, along with um, it sits up there with traditional Chinese medicines, Ayurvedic medicines. They are the cultural uh, medicines of the whenua. And when they came through and colonised, the crown took the ability away with the Tuhunga Suppression Act. And, you know, this is another subject, but the Tuhunga Suppression Act was part of, um, you know, taking away this wahine energy, our female energy. And I believe that, you know, underneath a lot of this is the hunt for the female energy because we are the portal for life. The male energy, this ego energy has sort of come in and frayed a lot of our ties and our connections, you know, um, in these 
times gone past and ancient times, you know, in in um in the world there were 32 tribes and 32 wise women. When there was a conflict, they would get together and solve those problems, come together and find solutions, ways forward in peace and harmony and love. And that is who we are. You know, this the gender um you know, topic, the um Tuhunga Suppression Act, the Witchcraft Act. It was all about, you know, shutting us down. And it still is. And some of these males are a little bit confused as to what their space is. Um, and it is basically to hold sacred the female energy, to nurture and hold the space to allow that portal for life. And uh, yeah, if you're confused about that, then get your feet on the ground. <laughs> So, like I said at the start, we could take this conversation in so many directions, but I love how it's touching on so many relevant issues of the day. There are so many things that are distracting people and getting us away from what is important. So, yeah, reconnecting to nature to help us to be the light being that we are. Bridget, I'm going to ask you the questions I ask all my lovely guests. The first one is about the bucket list. Uh, no, it's the up your brave question. What is one thing you've done in the last year where you've truly upped your brave? Ooh, there's a few. I think because I speak a lot, I'm out speaking a lot, but actually coming on your show, Nat, rattled me a little. <laughs> I was really brave to come on today and it only happened at the beginning of the week. So I'm really happy that it's all come about. And we're both in our solar energy at the moment. So I think I thought, oh, time to shine the light on a few subjects and really start, you know, putting myself out there. I think at the beginning, I was putting myself out there and really talking and, you know, being attacked quite a bit. And that energy wasn't an energy I wanted to be in. It's a low energy and you sort of like a vortex got pulled into it. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate people out there, you know, talking and speaking and really activating others, but really bringing myself back in to do this was quite brave. I feel. Well, congratulations. I know that is, it is, it is a big deal. And uh, you and I are here on video, but most people, obviously they can only hear the audio. I know you're a very experienced speaker, but it's a different thing going on a radio show when thousands and thousands of people will be listening. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Pleasure. What have you got on your bucket list? This is something that you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime, possibly something we can help you with. Mm. I've got quite a few things, but I think I'd like to go back to Africa, actually, and really, um, I'm, I have many papa. that means I can connect different lineages, and African is one of them, mm. and I feel like Africa is actually the womb of the world, because it has this diverse uh Fenua and all of this diversity and I really want to grow that and evolve from that and bring it back and evolve others you know really plant those seeds worth planting so I think that's really on my bucket list I've I traveled around Africa for a year in my 20s and I didn't know that I actually fuck a puppet to the Fenua but I was just so at home there and loved it and bare feet all day every day I was oh my goodness so I'm going to connect you to one of my previous guests. Uh, I don't know if you've met her, but she's also in my my Empowered Connections Club. 
um, Carrie Dell, and she runs retreats. She's South African, but she runs retreats in Africa. Something like at some elephant safari or something. I'll I'll keep you posted. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, anything else on that bucket list you want to mention? I want to give health back to human beings. You know, we're here to be, not to do. We're here to shine our light, and I want people to know who they are at a cellular level at a biological level so they know consciously how to be discerning and how to feed themselves and to actually take responsibility I see so many people and I really now I say if you want to work with me you have to put the time in you know I, I you know a lot of people jump from here to here because they're not getting the results it's because you have to actually put the work in stop blaming others take it and run with it Commit. Yeah. yeah. What is coming up for you in the next uh, few weeks, the next few months, and how can we connect with you online? Oh, thank you. I'm actually, along with uh, UNAT, doing the up. Oh, sorry. It's Raise Your Frequency, Empower Your Life. It's a six week uh, journey. Six different wise women sharing their light and I'm in week five I'll be sharing on reconnecting through the cosmos to the source of you um, and the power of sleep so it's really exciting I'm really excited to share this I actually shared it I do a lot of workplace wellness so I shared it with some Southern Cross Hospital uh, wellness last week with nurses who spend the majority of their time in the dark Um, you know during the day they leave home in the dark they get home in the dark and so really about you know how they can best get their their you know use nature as their tools to get the best regeneration and restoration and the ability to revitalize themselves so it's really important sleep it's our number one health hack it is and and also yeah that's right is people heal better when they've when they've had a good sleep and then the stress get, comes down it's all in it's all interconnected so you guys if you haven't um seen that program that we're doing my other guest today joe webb she is also collaborating with us in this um as well as previous guest melly rose as well and i will be teaching on sustaining your frequency so some of the the other ladies are talking about connecting to spirit, your um, spirituality and um, self-love, which is what Joe's doing. We've got a couple of other topics. I'll be last. I'm wrapping up the six weeks and I'm doing sustaining your frequency um, to show up as the true you. We're going to be exploring human design and essential oils in my week. So if you want to have a look at that, it's upyourbrave.com slash frequency. And today is Friday and today is the last day of the early bird price if you want to jump on that. And it starts on Monday. Um, Bridget, back to you. Anything else that's coming up for you in the next coming weeks and months? And then how can we connect? I'm actually doing a workshop next week in the Hawke's Bay in Napier on Shilajit. So I do workshops on uh, using Rungwati and Shilajit. And I think I explained Shilajit uh, at the beginning. And so I'm happy and open to doing workshops on that. I've actually been invited to a few people's homes to do some workshop where they gather uh, a tribe of people around and I bring the tea and the Sheila Jeet. You did that for my friend Nikki and Nelson. 
Yes, I did. <laughs> Shout out to Nikki and Nelson. Love that. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. You know, every time I do it, it's just with such a connected, beautiful bunch of people. And it's so nice to share on that soul level. And, you know, when we're together in these workshops, it's not like, I'm teaching, it's a kōrero, it's a wānanga. And when we wānanga together, we evolve, we learn from each other because we all have this beautiful energy and life's experience. And that's what it's about, really connecting and grounding with the Shilajit and bringing that energy back to us. Shilajit's 84 minerals and fulvic acid. It really brings the life back into us. Mm, Much better than the daily coffee, I imagine. And I also run biodynamic gardening courses, steeped in matauranga, which is wisdom from Rongoa. So um, they're all connected to the whenua and really building our soil. So uh, soil is black gold. If you're, you know, if you're not well, then look at your soil. Where can yeah. we find out about it? I know your website is Maramakai, but can, is it maramakai.com? Can you spell that? And also, I think you're the same name on Instagram, yeah? Yeah, it's maramakai, M-A-R-A-M-A-K-A-I.co.nz. On Instagram, it's marama.kai. So M-A-R-A-M-A dot K-A-I. Amazing. Thank you, Bridget. All right. Is there anything else you'd love to share with our audience before we say farewell? Well, I think it's not about what... I know it's about serving and loving ourselves back into life and, you know, that vibration. Um, And that really comes back to aroha. Aro means pa and ha is breath. So being in that divine space of your own breath and feeding yourself well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Bridget today was talking about reconnecting to nature. Thank you everyone for listening. And we might see some of you on our frequency course. Thank you, Bridget, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you for having me. Kakite. Kakite. Such a great interview with Bridget Clare, all about reconnecting to nature. We talked about a range of things, including how we are bioelectromagnetic beings full of light. She talked about the virome, which I hadn't heard before. I've only heard of the biome, not the virome. And the impact of reconnecting to nature to reprogram your cells. And the power of sun gazing. I couldn't read that word. The power of sun gazing. And the hunt for female energy. We talked about quite a few interesting concepts. Bridget, as you can tell, is just a wealth of knowledge. I um, I just let her go because she's got so much to say um, and so much wisdom in so many areas all around health and empowerment. You can learn more at um, maramakai.co.nz. I actually am also her customer. I got some um, high-dose vitamin C because there's different types, of course, of um, vitamin C and vitamin D, different qualities. Maramakai.co.nz, but also on Instagram, maramakai, I'll spell it for you, M-A-R-A-M-A-K-A-I. And that's Bridget Clare, all about reconnecting to nature. Welcome back to Reality Check Radio. You're listening to Natalie Cutler-Welsh here on the Up Your Brave show. Next, I'm talking to Joanne Webb. And Joe is a returning guest. We had her on six months ago when we first started. And we've got her back today 
Last time we talked about staying positive in turbulent times, and today we are mixing it up. Today we're talking about living from conscious love. Welcome, Joe. Hi, Nat. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. And I'm very excited to talk to you today about conscious love. Uh, before we do that, for those of you that don't know, Joanne Webb, also known as the Happiness Hustler, Joe is a self-love warrior goddess, also known as a Happiness Hustler. She's a coach and mentor, light worker, international speaker, and co-author of two best-selling books, Leading with Light and Hate Myself, Hate My Life, A Teenage Guide to Finding Self-Confidence and Inner Love. She's on her soul journey to change the world with unconditional conscious love. Because once uh, once upon a time, she had none and it sucked. Joe works with courageous women who are ready to release their fire and inner warrior goddess for more love, empowerment, influence, success, and joy. Spiritual women who desire deep love and connection and want to change the world. She's worked with hundreds of women internationally. She integrates the science and spirituality and humanness into all of her work and creates a sacred circle of somatic work, dancing, shaking, sacred screaming, workout, workouts, and rituals to heal, grow, learn, change, and bloom. As Joe says, when individuals heal, they transform, they see, they feel, and understand their worth. Their lives change exponentially, and they become unstoppable. Because after all, how we feel about ourselves affects our every decision, thought, and action. Woo! Joe, that is a lot of stuff. You've been doing so many amazing things. I'd love to ask you, since we saw you last time on the show, or we heard your beautiful voice, um, how has life been for you? What's been going on in the last six months? Wow. It, you know, winter's a bit funny here in New Zealand, isn't it? Sometimes you feel like you've been planted in the soil and you hibernate a little bit. But then when you actually look back and reflect, I think, wow, actually lots of lots has happened. Um, the release of our new book, Leading with Light, which was super exciting. That's now available on Amazon and all other publishers. Um, so yeah, that that's um there's 10 light workers all come together to be part of an anthology about how to lead with light, basically how to live in the light rather than in the dark. So that was a beautiful process to be part of, you know, international authors, getting to know a different tribe of like-minded people all on a similar mission, but all doing it slightly differently. So that's been super exciting. I've had a group program come out called Bloom, which um, is a mastermind, and that's been really popular and awesome. And seeing women transform through that has been a beautiful process. And of course, children and getting bigger and older and things like that, you know, good old family life. Mother of four, very impressive. <laughs> I've got a question that some people might be wondering. So I'll start with that. You mentioned your book was a a compilation of light workers coming together. What do you mean by light worker? What's that? I think it's people who basically have light in their heart. That's how I describe it. You know, they have light in their heart and they live from a place of pure love. And they are trying to change the world on a loving level, not on a forceful level, not in your face, trying to dictate and any of that shebang. It's they just know because they have done the work. Mm. They have done the work to heal their hearts, to heal their souls. And that's a forever journey, by the way. They, they're not just all these complete humans that are going, no, 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 we've done it. Because they know they do it every day. They walk the walk and talk the talk. And they know that there's still hard times amidst the beauty, but they have learned some lessons mm. 
and they realize that there's a different way of living than the way we are constantly shown. People, I feel right now, are very curious to live life differently than the way they have been and the way they've been shown, I suppose. What are the things that you see coming up or, you know, with Kiwis in general? Obviously, you're you're originally from the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what are the things that are coming up that I think people need to, that you think people need to release in order to live life the way that they desire? I think people have got to shed a lot of stuff. You know, we've, we're, we are programmed robots at the end of the day. We are the most amazing computer systems known to man. People have tried to replicate us and it doesn't work. But our programming can be used for good or can be used for bad. And I think the more people understand that, the better life will be. People are stuck. They're stuck in scarcity. They're stuck in fear. Um, there's a you know there's a lot that's happened here in New Zealand over the years, um, natural disasters, pandemics, blah blah. You know, and and weather and floods. There's been there's been a lot of stuff happen in this little wee country, and I think I think we need to come together to rise from a place of compassion and kindness, and try to change it from the top down and the bottom up. I recently did with you, and I've mentioned it on my show, in September, I decided to really lean into my healing. I've done loads of healing work over the years, Um, but I went and saw you as one of my sessions, and we did a release and surrender session, and it was awesome. And for me, you know, although there there has been a lot of anger, there's also been some sadness underneath that anger. I remember you pointing that out to me. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of releasing anger and what is what lies beneath it? Anger is a second emotion. We don't just feel angry for nothing. You know, sometimes we can feel sad. That's the first emotion. We are sad because something's happened. Anger is always a second emotion. Anger can come from betrayal, from jealousy, from bitterness, from sadness, from grief, from anywhere. And it's really important to understand that and to also not be scared of anger because anger can change lives. Anger can change the world. You know, we can do some good stuff from anger. It can be a force to work with. But also there's a lot of angry people walking around the world, taking their anger out on other people. And that is never okay. And I think it's really important to say that's never okay. You know, we make excuses for people. Oh, they've had a tough upbringing or they're going through a tough time. They're under a lot of stress. No, we've got to change the narrative. It's not okay to take your anger out on another person. And it's, and it's usually the people you love the most and they have to bear the brunt of your anger or, or sometimes a complete stranger in road rage or somewhere like that. So understanding that anger is a second emotion, it's coming from somewhere else. And if we can show people how to feel their emotions in a safe environment and how to work through that emotion so it flows and it doesn't get stuck. Because, you know, in our session, Atom, you know, we talked about the anger and the underlying feelings and that underlying feeling was still there, wasn't it? When we talked about it and it popped back up and you had tears. Yeah. You know, there was tears in the session and we did it in that safe, beautiful way where you were allowed to release those tears and allow them to flow through. We've got 50 billion cells in our body. They all hold certain feelings in them, you know, and that all of these feelings that get stored. And if we don't allow our emotions to come out, if we don't feel to heal, it gets stuck and it will 
cause issues, whether psychological you know, or physiological. I'm so glad you said that phrase. I think it was the week after, maybe the week of me going to see you. And I, I called the name of that particular show, you know, Feel to Heal, because we really do need to feel. And so often people in general, and definitely people like me, well, I just, you know, I'm, you know, keep just keep moving forward. I got this. It's all good. You know, um, generally quite positive. But you do need to pause and to feel. And I think in that session, we also I also did some journaling, and then we did this ceremony where we like burnt the paper, and we also did a shakedown, like you have some dancing, right? So physically removing that emotion from your body, releasing it, and removing it. So can, can you let us know? Can you elaborate on that? What are some ways if people are like, okay, Nat and Joe. I hear you girls. I know I've got some pent up emotion in my 50 billion cells. How do I get rid of it? How do I release it? What are some techniques? Start with something small. You know, don't start with the big, massive thing that you need to release because that can be a bit scary and overwhelming. So start with a memory that you know, might, might be brought up like when you were five years old. Was your best friend mean to you in the playground, but you still remember it? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, were you 12 and somebody said a nasty comment to you or that you somebody didn't like you in the playground? I don't know. Start with something that's smaller, that's not so monumental and just sit with the memory and allow it to come up to the surface. Put your hand on your heart and allow yourself to be transported back to the time when it happened and to feel the feeling and feel where you feel it in your body. Do you feel like a, a wrench in your tummy? Do you feel a tightness in your chest? Do you feel your throat tighten? Do you feel some pressure in your head or neck or back? It, it's, you know, it's, it's anywhere. It's in your body stored and just sit with it and just allow yourself, honor yourself to sit with that feeling hand on your tummy, hand on your heart and just breathe through it and go, you know, and sometimes it can be quite surprising, the memories that are stored there and the feelings that come up. But once you practice it and start, as I say, start with the little things and just maybe set a timer for five minutes and allow yourself to feel it, whether it what, was it pain, was it embarrassment, was it hurt, was it upset? And then just name the feeling, I feel sad or I feel betrayed or I feel embarrassed and allow it to flow through, allow it to come up. And if there's tears, if there's reactions, if you kind of get angry, allow it to come out in a safe way, you know, grab a pillow and scream into the pillow if you must, or punch a pillow, allow it to come out and then get up put some music on either something that you love dearly or maybe some real tribal beaty music that you know that you can feel it in the cells of your body and shake it out shake it out and dance it out but do it intentionally i am moving this energy i am releasing i am letting go and you know what once upon a time if somebody would have said that to me i would have thought oh my god you're mad I'm not doing that. That just sounds ridiculous. But you know what? If you're embarrassed, shut your curtains, do it in your own home, jump around like a nutter and see how good you feel. <laughs> well, after this interview, we're going to play some music. Joe, you can let me know which song we're going to do, but something to help people release and shake and move. Interestingly, Joe, when you were just doing that little explanation and you said, maybe you were five, la la la, maybe you were 12. And suddenly, and you were like, bring that memory to mind. And I literally 
brought a memory in. Then I had to mute myself because I was about to cough. So it went straight to my throat, Mm -hmm. uh, which is so interesting because that is usually my form of expression is talking. Um, And the memory was a boy on the the school bus. Uh, We had been swimming to swimming lessons with the class in my, I don't know, grade five or whatever it was. Um, I would have been like, yeah, probably eight or 10. And he just, he kissed me on the bus. And I was so, here's the word, embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so interesting. That's the memory that came up for me straight to my throat. Uh, interestingly, we actually are still in touch to this day, you know, <laughs> as I am with a lot of my my primary school friends. Um, but interesting. So, hey, if anyone else wants to do that activity, you can pause this recording later, listen to the replay, and then put, this, put the music on and shake it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, what other techniques? You talked about the pillow. And I'm just going to say for some people, it might not be punching the pillow with your wrist, like with your fist. It might be like slamming your forearm down on the pillow. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like that's a different... Yeah. Um, so I just don't want anyone to injure themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and even throwing pillows sounds crazy. I have got like, you know, I, I'm a I'm a cushion girl. I like cushions and pillows on my bed. But I get angry sometimes. I'm a girl who who is a fighter. And I fight for good causes now. I fight for injustice. I fight bullies in a compassionate way. But it doesn't mean my anger isn't there. It doesn't mean I don't feel anger. Um, you know, but once upon a time, 20 years ago, I would have exploded and said something I regretted and maybe shouted at one of the kids, but that's not okay. I've learned to regulate my emotions. So even going into my bedroom and throwing pillows across the room where it's safe and then throwing them back the other way, it's just a release of energy. That's all it is. So, you know, anything that makes you, if you want to lie on the floor and have a tantrum like a toddler, do that as well, as long as it's safe. So I wrote down channel your anger because yeah. it's like a lot of people think, oh, it's you, we shouldn't get angry. Like anger is bad. We shouldn't express anger. And if you lose your temper, you need to straight away apologize. Well, it's like don't hurt other people. But if you channel that anger into the pillows, if you're a cushion person like Joe, <laughs> or like you said, the tantrum, I mean, it's a classic. Like it, you, it never grows old no. if you want to do sh- it that I, way. I remember the other week, it was, it was several months ago now. And Something had happened with one of the children. You know, your children are your biggest triggers, aren't you? They're your biggest mirrors. And it was just all from worry and upset for one of my beautiful children. And it was just like a pinnacle crescendo point. And I remember just standing in the middle of my hallway and shouting a bad word. I obviously can't say it on the radio and just was going, but it was really guttural. It was coming from the depths of my soul. It was obviously just a journey that we had been on, me and my child, and it was all just needed to come out. It it needed to come out. It's as simple as that. And that's all that anger is. And I just yelled several times at the top of my voice. <laughs> and then I felt this calm wash over me. Mm. And so if people practice these techniques, punch a punch bag, scream, yell, you know, in a safe place, like we said, but just feel the release of it because all that you are doing is allowing it to come out, honoring it in a safe way, and allowing it to flow through your body rather than get stuck. I've heard this phrase, anger is when you say things you're not ready to hear. And the way I interpret that, and from what I've seen, is sometimes when we allow ourselves to express anger, we actually realize what we truly want or what we're actually what is actually bothering us. Have you seen that in action with some of your clients or people that have gone through these exercises of expressing their anger, that they suddenly have a bit of an aha Absolutely. Lots of people get are getting angry for something that's triggering them right there in their life. And then when we give it the space to honor the anger or honor where they feel it, and then we and then I might ask them a question like, when did you first feel this feeling? 
and it might stem back five years, 10 years, 20 years, or, you know, longer. And, and they start to have aha moments. A lot, a lot of the time when we have reactions now as adults, our reactions are a subconscious patterned behavior that is being triggered from an old memory. It's just our subconscious bringing something up. So often we, we, we have, we're, as I say, we're walking around these program robots. We have emotions. We are very human and we're supposed to feel all our emotions. But we often don't take that time to stop and investigate where they come from and where they originally stemmed from. When we often go back and find that point where they originally came from, when you first had that feeling of embarrassment or hurt or upset, you know, when was the first time somebody put you down and then people continue to put you down through life and then all of a sudden something happens that somebody just says something to you today, but really you're just that five-year-old little person behaving. And, you know, you can, you, can you see that people walking around having childlike reactions to things in life? Does that make sense? Yeah, and that I think that's such a great explanation of when people haven't, like when they haven't done the work to explore mm-hmm. it, then the pattern just keeps repeating. Totally, totally. And, you know, from me and my little spirituality side over here, I believe we are souls having this human experience and all of our experiences are for our growth. Mm. So therefore, I don't see any experience as bad, no matter how awful it may seem at the time. We are signed a soul contract. We are here to grow. We are here to learn. We are here to evolve. And if we can get onto that line of thinking, nothing seems so scary anymore. It's all for our greater growth, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't always feel good. Yes. Let's talk about living from conscious love. So part of it is releasing the anger, acknowledging the anger, but then releasing it. We've talked about that. What do you mean by living from conscious love and how do we do that? Well, this is really what my entire chapter is about in Leading with Light. I, I'm, I'm all about love. I've been about love since I was a little girl. But love, what does love mean? You know, when we investigate the word love, love is an energy. It is an energy. It's a, it can be, you know, scientists can see in our graph how how the love flows at, on an energy wave, on a frequency. And we are born pure love. No baby comes into the world in anything other than pure love. And we leave this world as pure, unconditional love. But what happens to us along the way? Crazy things, you know, we, as I say, we we deal with experiences in life when we don't know how to deal with them, when we're not taught how to deal with them, when we're not role modeled how to deal with them. And so we live in a fear-based society. We live in a fear-based world. Oh, let's be fearful of the upcoming elections. Oh, let's be fearful of global warming. Oh, let's be fearful of anything really, because the news will not portray much other than fear, mm. mainstream news. And even like, and even when it comes down to other things, you know, I look at, I deal with a lot with teenagers. They see a lot of comparison on social media. They're living in fear. I'm not going to be good enough. I don't do anything cool enough. I don't want a nine to five job. I don't want to do this. Everything's fear, 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 fear. But unconditional love is the polar opposite of that. And there has to be polarity in the world, but we can live from a place of unconditional love. And that does not mean we allow people to get away with everything because that's not unconditional love. It's having courageous conversations with people and pulling them up and saying, it's not okay to behave like that. I think you could do with doing some work or can I help you in any way? 
it's about putting boundaries in around things and if and still loving still coming from a place of pure love but not taking any rubbish mm-hmm. does that make sense but to get there it's a journey we it's a journey and i believe it starts with self loving thyself healing thyself and then loving the world because if you don't feel good about yourself how can you possibly have an outlook onto the world that is positive and good and for those of you that are just tuning in i'm talking to joanne webb uh she's a self-love warrior and so joe you are a self-love warrior like you have done the work yourself to truly love yourself, which is something some people have a harder time than others, depending on all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what is one or two things that someone can do if they're listening and they go, I would love to love myself more, or I would love to love myself more consciously or more unconditionally. What are some easy steps for them to get that ball rolling? First one is to make a choice to do it, make a decision to do it. Choose to love yourself. You know, when I deal with clients old or young, I ask them, are you ready to do this? Because it's a decision. If you decide today to love yourself, you can literally stop listening to this show and love yourself. It's a choice. Can you be 100% in? Because if you're 98% or 75%, there's always going to be a choice to not love yourself. But if you can decide to make a pact with yourself, I'm going to love myself. Don't know how but I'm going to. And if you can say to yourself every day, I am learning to love myself and it feels good. That's not false. That's not fake. That's not these silly affirmations that you're just saying into the wind that you don't believe. But if you're prepared to learn to love yourself, it's an affirmation that can be that can ring true in your ears. And then to really start to be aware. We can't change anything without awareness. I love my three A's, awareness, acknowledgement, acceptance. There's that voice inside all of our heads. We all have it, that little one that sits on our shoulder. And most of the time, it's just trying to keep us in a place of what we it perceives as safe. It's never safe. But that voice talks to us all the time. And having that awareness of what that voice says to you, and um, does it say nice things? Would you speak to your best friend like that? Would you speak to um, somebody who you don't even like? Like that, often you wouldn't with that voice inside your head. So have awareness of what it's saying, but also just acknowledge it and accept it for now. If you can't accept it, it's harder to change. So we uh, we become aware of it, we acknowledge it, we accept it, and then we try to change it. And we change it with positive things. You know, find out the thing about yourself that you like. I remember for me personally, when I was in the depths of despair and in such deep self-loathing, it got to the point where I thought, actually, I do have a nice heart and I'm nice to people. And that's the one thing that helped me learn to love myself. I stuck with the one thing that I knew to be true. I am kind and I am nice. And so I'm learning to love myself and I'm kind and I am nice. That's a hell of a lot nicer than beating yourself up emotionally in your own head. Mm. Yet most people are experts at being a bully to themselves. I like the phrasing you used before, I am learning to love myself, because I think some people, if you said, okay, you need to say, I am amazing, I am the best, you know, whatever, they might think, they might not believe it. And so I am learning allows that space for them to kind of acknowledge, I am learning, it is a process, I am learning to love myself. And then did you finish off with, and it feels good? Yeah, and it feels good. I'm learning to love myself, and it feels good. It's 
it is uplifting when you say it. And when you, can you imagine somebody saying it? It sounds good when they say it as well. You even touched your heart when you said the, it feels good part. Totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I I watch clients transform and they smile and they come back a a week later and they have a little coy look on their face. And, you know, especially with the teenagers, because their brains are not as hard to rewire as somebody perhaps a little bit older, they get on board real fast and it's, it's a, it's beautiful to watch. And the cool thing with that, I imagine is when they do that, it has that radiating effect, ripple effect um, to those around them, like their family members, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their siblings, because their energy is shifted. Totally. And this is like, you know, we talked about love being an energy. Mm. I think in the world, we we say, oh, I'm really empathetic or I'm really this. Empathetic means we come down to somebody else's vibration. So really what we'd all like to be in the world is compassionate rather than empathetic mm. because compassionate means we can sit with people in their emotions, but we don't lower our emotion, our vibration, our frequency down to theirs. What we do is we stay steadfast in our own vibration of love, unconditional love, staying up there and then we help people rise up to where we are. So for every single person that finds that place of love, chooses to live from a place of conscious love, the ripple effect that they have in the world is huge and never to be underestimated. And another thing I love talking about, and I've mentioned it before on my show and we'll dive into it now, is raising your frequency. Because when you live from a place of love, conscious love, rather than sitting in that anger or quashing it down and not acknowledging it and it just bubbles away, then when you're living from love, you your frequency rises and therefore it it impacts other people. Can you talk about the concept of raising your frequency? Absolutely. You know, as I said earlier, we are human and we have how many emotions? I I couldn't even count them right now, but we are supposed to feel them all. We are not supposed to stay in this pure state of bliss and happiness forever because that's that's that kind of like toxic positivity. But what we are trying to do, or what I try to help people with, is to live in this place where they're feeling good. They're choosing to be happy. They're choosing to see the positive. They're looking for things to be grateful for while dealing with their emotions on a daily basis. And it, so we can't feel amazing all day. We can't be at that high flying frequency 24-7. That's not how we are supposed to live. If we were, we'd be little angels all floating around. However, it's understanding that every emotion has a frequency. Some of them are more denser than others. Some of them are closer to matter than they are to energy. You know, you say words like hate, rage, bitterness, resentment, jealousy. It feels heavy. My shoulders start to feel heavy. I get tightness across my back because they're not, they don't feel good, those emotions. However, a lot of people are running away from those emotions. Most people are either running away from a feeling or towards a feeling. And this, this is where we get like a little balance, trying to get a bit of a balance. It's it's important to honor those emotions, but not get stuck in them. And, you know, you think about anxiety, depression, people are stuck down there in those low emotions. And that's when it can become dangerous. But it's about honoring them, allowing them to flow through, finding techniques and guides and mm. ways to work through them to then come up and raise your frequency again and come back where you can look out into the world with a different perception. 
you know, in gratitude, acceptance, awareness, pride, celebration, bliss, joy, love, enlightenment. They've all got such beautiful frequencies. And we can do that different ways. You know, as I said, we can honor our emotions so we don't get stuck in them and we learn to feel to heal. That's one way we can do it. So we don't get stuck in it. We allow ourselves the 10 minutes where we feel rage or the 10 minutes when we feel bitter. And we allow ourselves and we either journal about it or we scream it out or we dance it out or we just sit and we feel. You know, there's there's about a million other techniques we can talk about as well. And then there's the using things to biohack our emotions and come up the emotional scale. So we are feeling lighter and brighter. Gratitude has been talked about for years. It is not utilized anywhere near enough. Gratitude changes lives. When you start to notice the things in life to be grateful for, the world gives you more things to be grateful for. And when you are in gratitude, you are not in hate. You are not in bitterness. You're not in yesterday. You're not in tomorrow. You're here and now in the present. And it calms the nervous system. It raises our spirits. And when we are in gratitude, bear in mind our however many thousand thoughts we have in a day come from a feeling. If you're feeling stuck in those lower emotions, your thoughts are not going to be positive ones. But if you can honor those lower emotions, those denser emotions, then perhaps come up to gratitude, all of a sudden your thoughts are more positive. You see more hope in the world. You see more light in the world. You see things around you that can put a smile on your face. And all of a sudden you might all of a sudden think, oh, oh, I'm happy. How did that happen? Five minutes ago I was in rage. But it can happen. We can move up and down the scale. So I'm hearing a lot of, you know, I, I, you know me, I love my phrases. So I'm hearing like, go to gratitude. You know, so, so if you're like, oh, I'm just so flustered. I'm so angry. I'm so irate. So either release in order to raise your frequency. So releasing, we talked about the techniques with the pillow and the dancing. <laughs> um, and then also go to gratitude. And when you're in gratitude, meaning thinking is something, bringing it to mind, something you're truly grateful for. And don't just think about it in your brain, your logical brain, think, feel it in your heart. And then you won't be in anxiety, which is what a lot of people are in, living in a constant state of. Um, and anxiety, of course, is fear of what could happen. And of course, these days when we're hearing so many things and there's so many messages coming at us, it's easy to do that. So go to gratitude in order to raise your frequency. I love that. That's so good. Joe, talk to me about, so you and I are collaborating in this upcoming course. It is called Raise Your Frequency, Empower Your Life. So if you guys are listening to this now, which is October the um, 9th or something like that, um, our course, sorry, our course starts on October the 9th. So if you're listening to this before then, you can have a look at it on upyourbrave.com slash frequency. If you're listening to it after October the 9th, you might be able to jump in because it's a six-week program online and there will be a video dropped um, every Monday at midday. So you even if you jump in on week two, you're still good. Um, and we might make it available afterwards, but you haven't missed the boat, but jump in and have a look. Joe, what are you specifically, you're going to kick things off on the Monday. You've got your week one. What is your topic? And um, yeah, how can you, my, can you share a little nugget from that? Yeah, with us? My topic is radical self-acceptance. Radical self-acceptance. And what does that even mean? It means accepting every single part of ourself. Because if we don't accept it, what, what choice do you have? Oh, well, I don't accept the fact that um, I can get narky sometimes. 
well, you do. So you're just fighting against yourself. You know, you accept it and then think, well, I would rather not live like that. So I'm going to find out how ways to not live like that. Or, But it's really funny because I was thinking about it. It's not just accepting, like we automatically go to the negative, but it's also accepting the most amazing parts of ourselves that mm-hmm. we don't allow ourselves to speak about sometimes. You know, we don't allow ourselves to stand in our glory and go, I change lives or I'm a great cook or I can grow the most beautiful blooms. It's We're just not programmed to do that very often. So it's radical self-acceptance of the good, the bad, the ugly, mm-hmm. and then loving every part of who you are. Because once you love, love changes the world. If there's something about yourself you want to change, the best thing you can do is to love it, love it so much that the change will be easy. Sounds good. Mm. I love that too. Like accepting straight away, we go to the negative, but it's like some people don't want to even see all the great things about themselves. Um, And then what about celebrating those things too? Like accepting them? Yes. But maybe even also celebrating them as well. Absolutely. We don't celebrate ourselves enough. Absolutely not. You know, I was, it's funny. I was listening to um, somebody talk about human design and I'm a manifester and I know you are a human yes, design. You are a, you're a manifester. Everybody, 8% of the population. It's quite rare. Pure manifester. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, and, and she just said a comment as she, she was talking about her child who is a manifester and he goes out and plays in the street and she said half the kids hate him and half the kids love him. And and she calls it Marmite energy, you know, because people have that conversation about Marmite, yes. which I love that analogy. And it actually really hit home to me in a big way because I know, I know for a fact people hated, people, some people hate me and some people love me. But as a kid, it was soul destroying. I didn't love myself. I had no self-worth, had no sense of self, sense of self really. And I, I was a constant people pleaser, wanting to people to love me. And I've done all of this work and now I couldn't give two hoots who loves me and who hates me, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But it, but now as part of that, knowing who I am, where I've come from, I'm able to stand in my power and go, I actually do change lives. I change villages, literally change villages. I've moved into places in the UK, changed the entire village and then left. <laughs> my work here is done. Bye everyone. But you know, it's like, we don't get to celebrate enough. And why do we not celebrate ourselves? You know, I had a book come out and I haven't had the hard copies arrive yet. Once they come, I'm going to have a celebration party. I don't want, I don't want anybody to buy a copy. If they want a copy, great, buy it. It's not, it's not going to be a pushy sales party. It's just because we don't celebrate ourselves enough. So I highly encourage people to celebrate themselves. And when my clients here and I get all this information out of them about what they're good at, what their strengths are, you know, what they've achieved in life. And I'm like, let's celebrate, let's do it. And we have like, you know, we might do a little celebrate high five or celebrate dance and you can see them glow. It's lovely. We need to celebrate more. We do. Well, let's celebrate something that you've done. Joe. what is one thing that you've done in the past year where you truly upped your brave? Wow. Um, up my brave. I feel like I up my brave every day, Nat. I'm very much like you. We deal with life head on and we we face things all the time. But my sister was diagnosed with cancer again this year. She was the third time and I didn't want to go into despair. And I stayed brave and stayed strong, but also not, not false positive. Mm-hmm. I just remained in trust. Trust has been a huge thing for me. It's been a journey. 
and I remained in trust if they're all going to be okay. And I didn't get caught up into all you know, the family dynamics, you know, because I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the positive one. I'm the one who's done the work. I'm the spiritual one. And, you know, it was like dealing, you know, what everybody else perhaps wanted to partner with the fear. Mm-hmm. I stayed in my vibe and I stayed brave. And I thought that was a pretty cool thing. That is awesome. I think you might have a few fellow black sheeps uh, here listening to your <laughs> listening to your interview today. What about the bucket list? Um, something that you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can help you with? To be honest, my bucket list is really all around creating a conscious love revolution. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. Be a pioneer of the conscious love revolution with me. Get on board. Be love. Practice love. Share love. Learn how to live in unconditional love and be part of the conscious love revolution. That would be my biggest wish on my bucket list. Okay. Well, how do they do that? How do they find you? What, like, how can we connect with you online? I am on Instagram as the underscore happiness hustler. I'm on Facebook as Joanne Webb. My website is thehappinesshustler.com. Ta-da! <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, if they want to try the uh, release and surrender session like I did, I did it in person because you and I both live in Auckland, but I know you do it on Zoom as well. Is that easy to find on the Happiness Hustler? No, because my website is currently being updated yet again, but okay. just contact me and we can talk. Amazing. Yeah. Say, I heard something about some release session. I want to do it. <laughs> I will Amazing. put some details on Instagram and Facebook. So it's a little okay. bit easier to find. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, tell us what is coming up for you in the next six months. Well, I've obviously got this course starting on Monday with five extraordinary ladies, including yourself, Nat. So I think that's going to be a game changer, you know, because there's lots of online courses around, but there's not many collaborations And I love collaborating. I believe, and I've been saying this for years, together we are stronger, together Mm. we are louder. I am not one of those coaches and mentors who wants to work alone. I love the one-to-one work I do, but I I love collaborating. I love getting out there. It's the only way we're going to do it is by working together. Together we're stronger. I've got an app in the pipeline working with some other ladies as well around conscious love and, you know, and it's going to be an app for everyone. I, you know, I say I mainly work with women and teens, which I do, but the app is going to be available to any human who wants to live consciously and who wants help to do that. Because there are a lot of men out there, right? Who are like ready to lean in and to learn more about themselves and to do the work. Um, and a lot of men out there who just like the women who don't have the self-love thing mastered as such. Mm -hmm. Totally. Absolutely. And I don't want to discriminate. I don't want to say I only work with women. I'm a manifester and I can work with anyone. You know that. <laughs> you sure can. And I I love working with other people. I love working with families. I love working with people in conflict who want to learn how to deal with their conflict. It's one of the best things we can learn to do. How can we fight and how can we resolve conflict? It's one of the biggest issues in the entire world. And I don't want to cut anybody off from working with me. So yeah, so I'm put, we're putting an app together, which is going to be workouts and yoga and somatic experiences but coaching as well and you know because a lot of people don't feel like they can afford one-on-one mastermind coaching and I understand that so we want something that's more accessible more accessible to the masses but still with a personal touch that sounds amazing so if they follow you on let's say Instagram they will keep in touch with that absolutely 
Amazing. All right, Joe. Hey, before we wrap it up, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience around living from conscious love or any message you want to finish with? Well, it's not a pie uh, in the sky idea. It's an absolute way of living and it feels really good. So if you are not living and feeling really good every day, it doesn't have to be all day every day, by the way, because that's not life. But if you don't wake up feeling excited, if you don't go to bed excited the next day, if you're worried if it's Wednesday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, there's stuff that you can do about it. There's absolutely stuff that you can do. And it's a decision to choose to stay where you are or to choose to change. And living from conscious love is a beautiful place to be. It makes you feel better and it definitely makes the world a better place. So if you need any help, I've got lots of many, many free resources. Come follow me and let's chat. Amazing. Thanks so much, Joe. And thank you everyone for listening. Thanks, Nat. Want an easier way to listen to RCR? Well, you can now download the brand new Reality Check Radio app, both on iOS and Android. We've completed our beta testing and the app is now live. You can visit the app stores direct or find out all you need to know at www.realitycheck.radio forward slash app. That's at realitycheck.radio forward slash app. Our test bunnies have been hard at play to ensure you have access to everything. From listening to our live broadcast, downloading some of our incredible interviews and checking out the latest blogs all from the very same app. So get listening and download the RCR app now. It was so great to have Joanne Webb, the happiness hustler, back on my show. Um, as I mentioned, you can go and listen to her previous interview. She's, I think, my third guest that's come back for a second appearance. Let me know if you've got other guests that you've heard on my show and you'd love to have them come back again. I'm so fortunate to get the opportunity to talk to so many incredible people around New Zealand, some of them across, you know, from overseas, some internationals. But do let me know if there's someone specific you'd love to hear from again. Or if there's someone I haven't interviewed that you'd like to suggest, we often do get people requesting and suggesting. So you can definitely do that. Inbox at realitycheck.radio or 2057 on the text. So in this interview with Joe, we talked about living from conscious love and we covered things including the phrase, I am learning to love myself and it feels good. You can make a pact with yourself to maybe say that daily. We talked a lot about anger and channeling your anger and how to release in order to raise your frequency. And as mentioned, Joe and I, plus Bridget and a few other amazing, powerful women, we are leading a six-week online course called Raise Your Frequency, Empower Your Life, starting on Monday next week. So you're listening to this today, which is Friday. The early bird is still available. You can check it out, upyourbrave.com slash frequency. And you can get all the info there. To learn more about Joe, you go to the happy thehappinesshustler.com or on Instagram, the underscore happiness hustler. Joe has so much wisdom to share. She's amazing to follow on social media just for like telling it like it is, self-love. She's entertaining, she's inspiring, and has so much wisdom to share. So definitely check her out. Um, if you liked this interview, you'll also like my interview with Ina Neal, where we talked about healing and a whole bunch of others. You can check them all out on the replay page. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Up Your Brave show, if you're just joining us. This week, we've gone from a political talk with Steve Oliver from New Zealand Loyal through to Holistic Health with Bridget Clare, and we just finished an amazing interview with Joanne Webb all about self-love. And next up, we I'm going to go to a flashback, as I do, and as I promised. This is an interview that I hot off the press, pretty much. I aired it last week. This is an interview with Tanya Unkovich, political candidate, candidate for New Zealand First. Last week, we talked about politics as well as her journey from grief to greatness. Here's a little clip, and you can go and listen to the full thing on the replay page. Here it is. Two other issues I'd love to ask about. The whole transgender um, and sexual ideology in schools thing, the stance of New Zealand First, and then climate change. Yeah, well, New Zealand First are very much about client adaptation. They don't go, you know, some people are saying, oh, you're anti-climate change. That's not the case at all. It's about anti-fear, to be perfectly honest. Stop the alarmism and stop pushing fear. The people have already had enough fear pushed into them these past few years, and it has divided people. And now here we have another topic, climate change, global warming, whatever you call it, is another topic to divide people. And there is so much fear and alarmism that is being pushed. And that is what New Zealand First actually don't want. They actually say, yes, the climate's been changing. It has been changing for goodness how many years, but let's adapt to it. Let's actually do something about the slash. Let's do something about the potholes that are created from these climate events. And that's part of the things that uh, the Provincial Growth Fund has been used for is to create stop banks and things like that whenever we have these big weather events. But stop pushing the fear. So that is what I really like about their stance on climate change. And the other one is the um, the bathroom situation, right? And yeah. the sex education in schools. Well, one of our policies is to remove that from the schools, especially for primary schools, and also for any bathrooms going forward to ensure that there is a unisex bathroom there. And, you know, so many people are saying, oh, he's transphobic, it's just this and that. No, it's not at all. It's about protecting all New Zealanders, even those people who are transgender, et cetera. It's about protecting them so that they've got their own bathroom and protecting women and protecting men. It's about protecting everyone. But unfortunately, what gets grabbed is a soundbite and then a narrative is pushed and then that narrative continues to get pushed. And it's actually not true. Just because it's pushed doesn't mean it's not uh, doesn't mean that it's true. So yes, those are, those are two items that uh, also attract me to New Zealand first. Take care of all of us. I think, I mean, I'm, I am an optimist, this is true, but I think more and more people are cottoning on to, you know, the, just the way that the media can slant things. Like you said, you know, someone will say something, they'll grab a soundbite and they'll misrepresent it. Yes. Um, you know, like, it, 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 I mean, they, they did that to me. I was in the stuff, you know, mag, um, twice, two or three articles written about me taking what I said out of context, you know, the photo that they showed, it like, it, it was me at an amusement park with my kids, but they made it look like I was at the Wellington protest, which unfortunately uh, I wasn't able to go to. But the point right. is, they'll take a photo, they'll take a statement, they'll put it out of context. So I think more and more people in New Zealand are cottoning on to that and mm. that a lot of people's things are get misrepresented. So I would encourage people to do your own homework when it comes to what political bar party you're going to vote for. 
Don't just go with who you've always gone with. I mean, I think there'll be there's a lot of people that are making a change. They're voting for a different party than they've ever voted for before. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm one of them. (laughs) You know, I'm one of them. And there are a lot of people who are coming up to me quietly and sending me emails saying we are so grateful that you are standing with New Zealand first because we're following you over, which is great. Here is a quick little sneak peek for you of something coming up next week. I'm going to be talking to Janelle Fletcher, who is, uh, she's currently living in a yurt in Wanaka. And we're talking about bold women speak and how to be bold and how to advocate the importance of advocacy. And she does so much in her community. Here's a little sneak peek with Janelle Fletcher. Today, we're talking about bold women speak, and we're we're talking about, you know, speaking out. So some people like you and I are comfortable in that position. And like you said, and I'm the same, I've always yeah. said, I don't want to be famous. I yeah. just want to change the world. Yeah. And, the, and so I hear you when you say it's yeah. not about being a center of attention. Like, I'm happy to be, but I don't need to be, you know, and yeah. if, if that's what's needed, then I'm happy to step up, step in, speak out, whatever. And I feel that same energy from you. My question uh-huh. is, do you feel that more people, and I suppose women, but more people in New Zealand are becoming more bold and more confident in speaking. And I don't mean being MC at events. I mean, speaking their truth or questioning what doesn't feel right. Do you feel like there's a rise in that area? I still think there's some reticence. I still think there are a lot of elephants in the room, to be honest. What um, I do personally is start to engage with that person and open up that room and start to see that elephant in a gentle sort of one-on-one interaction. That's how I'm doing it. Is that is that what you mean by the the wild woman? I think it was the the circle that you do. Is that what you mean by bringing out people's views? Uh, that's not or do you just mean in like daily conversation? But I, I have a day job, for example. I'm in a jewellery shop, but I actually call it the healing shop, <laughs> funnily enough, because I get to have wonderful interactions with mm. people there. They're going through different events in their lives, and I'm the one that listens to their story and then starts to open up that conversation, starts to open up those questions in terms of some of that advocacy work that I want to do. So as an example, I see quite a lot of sick people arriving in store or people starting to tell me that they're sick. And I just don't accept that story of that they're sick. I start to have those open conversations about, oh, I'm curious as to what's made you sick, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a quite a leading question, but it's an important question. Yeah. How is that? How are you being supported in that? Um, so that's the way I do it. One-on-one interactions is a lot of the way I do. But equally saying that over the last few years, I've done uh, numbers of um, community events here. Um, and being a bold voice in the community. So have done that behind the scenes and being there on the night um, as an organiser and being behind the cause. Where is here, for those people that don't know where you are geographically, where well, are here you? Here is Wanaka in the South Island. So gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. So we're a small town. So, you know, one of the things that um, has been interesting is um, easy to be in this community because it's a small community and to you know your your show is up your brave mine's all about being bold you know so um in your words before it was about you know speaking out um i call it speaking out and being outspoken (laughs) we're good at that um you know standing out um and being outstanding you know i think there's um it's interesting just getting back to a small town that um, I've had really had to be bold in the last, even bolder in the last couple of years because people do know me and sometimes a voice is not that well liked or cherished. Let's just pull it that way. 
We can be I, I imagine, you know, it is interesting. We can be... And that happens anywhere, but geographically, I imagine, in a small town where kind of everyone knows everyone. And um, it is a little bit, it's scary for people, but maybe scarier in a smaller town where you're like every, if I speak up or if I question something, or if I even, you know, have a certain political sign on my fence or whatever, Mm -hmm. what are Mm -hmm. people going to, then I'm kind of putting my cards on the table and how's that going to come back on me? But also, and I don't know if you feel this, but it's like, how is that going to reflect on my teenage kids or, you know, or my, my, you know, my family members? Has that been something that's affected you, like holding back a little bit or editing your thoughts a little? No. <laughs> no, I've just already claimed my space. I mean, my kids are no longer here, but I've advocated for my kids over these last few years. All six of them have made massive, massive sacrifices for the choices that they've made. And I've really loved to shed their stories in front of people so that they too get to hear um, how people have done it differently. So um, for me, I think in the last year or two or three even, um, it's just given me this wonderful opportunity to really uh, accept that I am different accept that I am bold, accept that nobody needs to like me <laughs> or, or be aside, aligned with my views. But for me, my truth of who I am is important to, to live into. It's as simple for as the that. People that are listening, for the people that are listening and might be thinking, well, you know, that's awesome. That's cool for you. I, I don't feel that way. I would love to be more bold. I would love to be more outspoken. I would love to not care so much what others think. Do you have any words of wisdom for us for those uh, for that those people that feel like they would love to be a bit more like that they they are holding back any guidance for them we are not here to be accepted that's what's coming intuitively we are not here to be accepted we are here to shine our light on the world we are here to shine our own truth and personally my joy of living comes from that My joy of living really comes from that. I, um, I'm loving seeing people at the events having a voice, and, and that's what I love about the way that I engage with people in events as well. So just to give you a bit of a rundown of some of the things that I've been up to in the last four years, so this will give your audience some some ideas. So mm. I did lose my job, at my um, my day job at um, in tourism, so that was a, a turning point for sure. Um, but what I loved about the advocacy that I did there, I said, hey, I'm about to lose my job, but here's what I do still stand for, and that is that you don't stand at the door asking for a vaccine pass. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I lost my job. But no, they didn't go down that route. So I won in that sense. And it's not about me winning so much as I advocated for something that was super important. So I think, you know, back to your question, we just have to go with what that stirring in our heart is and that knowing that what what is within is. Yeah. I turned up at the library, for example, on the day that they asked for the vaccine pass that first day. And I said, here's my card. Yeah. Some of the ways is not in our voice that we can be advocates, but it's in our actions. Here it is. I quietly handed it over. And then she asked the question, why is that? And I had that opportunity. So I opened the door for that conversation. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the Up Your Brave show today. Whether it's your first time with us or you're a longtime listener, I'm sending you massive gratitude for joining me on my show, but also just for everything you have persevered through in the last few years. Um, all the things you've spoken up for or taken a stand for, whatever that might be in a large capacity or small, and wishing you well as you cast your vote, whoever you vote for, uh, in the coming election, which is only a week or so away. 
It's been amazing to spend the past three hours with you. And if you've been with me the whole time, it's been amazing to spend the past six months with you. Thank you to my amazing guests for joining me today, Steve Oliver, Bridget Clare, and Joanne Webb. And for those of you that want to join us on the six-week online course, Raise Your Frequency, or possibly you want to attend my forest business retreat coming up in November, you can find it all on upyourbrave.com. Also, massive thank you to those people that are founding members uh, for Reality Check Radio that help us to make it possible week after week after week. Uh, Very exciting to be able to do this with you and definitely tap into some of the other shows. My co-hosts guests, um, sorry, my co-hosts here on the show are absolutely amazing. So if you haven't listened to Greenwashed or Counterculture or The Breakfast Show or any of the others, definitely go and tune in. And remember, until next week and always, to up your brave, I'm going to leave you with one of my fave songs. This is Sarah Bareilles with Be Brave. See you next week.